get my packet? Yeah. Well, good. Whoever it is, he's not reading like an agent. Surprised to see me? No. Then you're aware of it. Of what? Our connection. I don't fully understand how it happened. Perhaps some part of you imprinted onto me something overwritten or copied. It is at this point irrelevant. What matters is that whatever happened happened for a reason. And what reason is that? I killed you, Mr. Anderson. I watched you die. With a certain satisfaction, I might add. And then something happened. Something that I knew was impossible, but it happened anyway. You destroyed me, Mr. Anderson. Afterward, I knew the rules. I understood what I was supposed to do, but I didn't. stand because of you, Mr. Anderson, because of you. I'm no longer an agent of this system. Because of you, I've changed. I'm unplugged. A new man, so to speak, like you, apparently free. Congratulations. Thank you. But, as you well know, appearances can be deceiving, which brings me back to the reason This is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. I'm John. And together we are the two. Uh, <laughs> we, we, are, we are the two X's. Those X's. <laughs> but uh, today we're doing The Matrix Reloaded. Yep. Part two in our never-ending quest to defend Keanu Reeves. <laughs> because we will defend him to the death. Because he deserves it. He's a good guy. Amazing actor. But today... Oh, you haven't seen these comments, have you, Steve? <laughs> oh, well, I know they're bullshit as usual. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll delve into a lot of Keanu and Neo in this, but that we'll, we'll get to that whenever we get into the actual comments. Yeah, we'll... we'll uh, but today, what are we drinking, John? Uh, this is uh, this beer is Goodwood uh, Brandy Barrel Honey Ale. Uh, and it's... Uh, 
Uh, what is the alcohol percentage on this? Does it tell you? What it's uh, eight point seven percent. Eight point seven. Yeah, you can feel it. I mean, it's, it's made in brandy barrels. Yeah, it's a Kentucky thing. They don't fuck around in Kentucky when it comes to alcohol. No. Um, you got to to get your mind off that horrible ass football team you got. <laughs> oh, but you celebrate with this also with that amazing basketball team. Right. So that's, that's the, the reason you're in the SEC because yeah. of basketball. SEC. SEC. <laughs> so this is made. Uh, it's uh, actually made in Louisville, Kentucky. So that's pretty good. Goodwood Brewing Company. Yeah, it's it's very good beer. We both gave it a three out of three stars. It's it's super delicious. Like, I wasn't sure how it was gonna taste coming out of a brandy barrel because I know what it's like when it's coming out of bourbon barrels. But brandy barrels, I was like, ah, is it gonna taste the same? It's relatively the same. It's and a little bit sweeter, I think. I can taste a little bit more sweetness in this beer, but it's very good. That's probably the honey. It's the honey, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's very, very good. I mean, I definitely recommend it. They sell these in four packs, and I can definitely see why. If they sold these in 12 packs, you would have alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You could be on your way to the h <laughs> Yeah, so it's very good beer. We recommend it. Um, so, before we do this, we're going to go on our ongoing quest to make sure we sort out the celebrities for you so you know who is in the Illuminati and who the lizard people are. Yeah, so I'm representing the Illuminati like normal. Right. And, and uh, Steve's representing the lizard people. Exactly. So, um... The first pick actually uh, goes to the lizard people this time. We're yeah, because serpentine. I, I guess every two rounds we do a serpentine, right? Yeah, serpentine. Uh, so it's a snake back. It's kind of fitting that we're talking about lizard people and it's a serpentine draft. Yeah. They fucking rigged this. They rigged it. See, they're already messing with our heads. Yep. Uh, so with my first pick in this third round, I've got to take. I just have to. Michael J. Fox. That's a pretty good pick. I was not expecting Michael J. Fox, but he he got Marty McFly himself. Yeah, I got I got Marty McFly, the legend. Yeah. Let's see him in more stuff. Everybody, let's let's get let's get a petition going. Let's see him in more stuff. Right. Just because you know he has Parkinson's, it doesn't mean that he can't act anymore. Yeah, I he mean, has a little nervous energy. He might mumble a little. Make a character that does that. He's still great talent. He's still yeah. more talented than, you know, Channing Tatum. <laughs> so. We're also on a never-ending quest to shit on Channing Tatum. <laughs> we are. I mean, we'd be on the hate, but God, how is he in here, in Hollywood? Right. <laughs> how did he get here? It's probably because women just think he's hot and they want to see him in movies with his shirt off, but that doesn't, I mean, you know, I think we all can agree that Woody Harrelson's a beautiful-ass man, but he can actually get roles because of his acting. Yeah, Channing Tatum's <laughs> basically like a successful Taylor Lautner. Right. <laughs> Not by much, but a little bit more successful, yeah. I mean, he's very successful, but yeah. he doesn't deserve any of it. <laughs> what the hell is Taylor Lautner doing anyway? Probably, like, on drugs at this point. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you ever listen to this, we'd be like, I'm not on drugs, what the fuck? We're just kidding. We'd actually like to have you on the show. Let's see what your personality is. Maybe we can get you a role. Maybe we can help you learn how to act. Yeah. Um, we'll have Steve's dogs teach you how to do that. Yes, I have a Jack Russell. She can teach you a lot of things. How yeah. to fight, how to act, 
how to get free food. Yeah. She nails it on that. How to lick your own genitals. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure Taylor Lautner knows how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if you've ever seen Twilight, you've seen that guy suck his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Lautner sucks his own dick. <laughs> Let's get that trending. Let's get that going. <laughs> Let's get that going. Retweet or whatever you guys do. Hashtag just... Taylor Taylor Lautner sucks himself. <laughs> and when he gets the the thing of it, it's like, hey, this podcast said you sucked your own dick, and he's like, what? What podcast? <laughs> and we'll be like, we're just totally bullshitting people. Like we have no facts to back that up. We he just know. seems like the kind of guy that would suck his own dick. Right, though. right. And yeah. he's, he, he has such a short body, so it's possible. Right. Maybe he removed a couple ribs, like that fictional story about Marilyn Manson. Right, because somebody removes their ribs so they can suck their own dick. You know, that's Marilyn Manson doesn't feasible. have to suck his own dick. He has plenty of women that can do that. <laughs> like Twiggy. Yeah, like right. Twiggy. <laughs> He's this bitch. Right? But anyway, this is... If Twiggy Ramirez ever listens to this, he'll be like, what the fuck, man? We'll be like, we're kind of kidding, Twiggy, but not really. (laughs) Kind of, not really? You're the the one person that we probably wouldn't want to meet. Not in the band. Like, John Five, we know from experience, or John does, that he's awesome. He's a cool dude, yeah. He's also tiny. Like, he's small, man. Well, they're all kind of tiny. Yeah. But, you know, hey, he's an awesome musician, so... That's all that matters. That's what matters. If you can play the guitar, your height doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Nope. Talent is talent. No matter how tall or how small or what. I don't know what I'm saying. Let's get to the pick. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, my first pick for the Illuminati is going to be Nicki Minaj. Nicki! We were talking about this. Actually, you tell the story. I have to write the name down. Okay. So, (laughs) we were going to make burgers for dinner, right? So... Were, uh, how, mu- how much hamburger meat did I buy? Five it was, pounds. It was like five pounds of hamburger meat so we could all eat and get, get plenty of burgers. And uh, Steve was like, yeah, he's like, we can make some uh, we can make some thick burgers with that. And I was like, ah, oh, man, thick burgers, like that's, you know, that's that's like a, it's a Hardee's thing. You can't really use that. And he's like, okay. So then later on, he's like, okay, so what we're going to do is, is I'm going to make Ariana Grande burgers that are a little bit smaller, and then I'm going to make Nicki Minaj burgers that are thicker. <laughs> and I was like, I like that. I like the idea that like we'll have Nicki burgers that are like thicker, yeah, juicier. Yeah, the, the thicker meat. That's Nicki. The little bitty tiny burgers, uh, which was uh, for my wife. They're the Ariana Grande burgers. She's 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 like a like a dwarf. Right. <laughs> She is pretty hot, though. I mean, a very sexy and talented dwarf. We're right. Not, we're not saying anything bad about her. Her talent amazing. Because Peter also, Dinklage is, like, awesome. Right. But, uh, yeah, she's very tiny. Yeah. Yeah, she's very tiny. And then, you know, Nicki Minaj is also very beautiful, and she's got that ass. Yeah. So Especially if you ever watched the, uh, the video for Motorsport that she did. Or uh, Anaconda, where you literally <laughs> just see her ass bounce. Right. But if you watch motorsport, uh, you see her like walking towards. Uh, I think it's, is it a Ferrari Testarossa or it might be a Lamborghini Diablo? I can't remember exactly which car it was, but she's walking towards it, and you just see like, you just see like, the back of Nikki's hair, and then like a little bitty waist, and then like a lot of ass. <laughs> right. It's just a, a mountain of ass. So yeah, but also I think that she's got, uh, she. 
she probably could have the kind of influence that the Illuminati would want because we, we love we love our musicians. Right. Yeah. So. Illuminati is very set on musicians because they need them to do those commercials and to shake that ass so they can dominate yeah. the world and get millions. And of that's views the constant on battle with the lizard people. That's totally different. They're trying to infiltrate. Right. Storm the gate. Storm the gate. <laughs> Which brings me to my next person. Jack Black. Motherfucker. Damn it. I had a feeling you were going to take Jack at some point. I was trying to hold off <laughs> and see if I might be able to get the other Jack or Kyle later. Yeah. But, damn it. Okay. Jack Black. Coming to the lizard people. We Son need you, Jack. That's, that's a pretty good pick. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. So, the, the next one that I had, and I was thinking about this earlier because I knew we were going to be doing some more some more draft for this and my second idea behind nikki if i could take nikki i wanted peyton manning peyton manning yep we gotta get we gotta get you know another sports athlete uh sports ball person <laughs> sports ball person sports ball person that, isn't that what you'd call an athlete yeah if that's what you want to call it <laughs> so peyton manning the legendary peyton manning yep so good pick. Yeah. So, man, that's that's a really good pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, you never seen that one coming. That was a straight. You know, we we had Peyton project at fifth round, took him in the third. Still a really good pick. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a reach. I think no, it's a not pick. a reach. That's a yeah. great pick. Considering that's how many Papa John's he owns. Yeah, that's a steal for the Illuminati. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Very. Very good. Um, so, the lizard people has to be able to counterbalance that because we're we're in a bat. You know, they're in a battle for domination of the planet, control of the world. Yeah. So I had to take one of the most powerful people. I'm taking him, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Okay. That's pretty good. We need that money. We need that money in the lizard people. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, Mark can infiltrate because he owns the Mavericks. He owns actually a lot of companies. He, lo- he owns like Illumi, the company that makes the the neon light bulbs. Right. Like he owns all kinds of shit, man. I think that's, Mark went exactly where he was projected in the third. That's pretty good, yeah. But we didn't know where he was going to go, so. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to make a pick that counterbalances that now. Okay. So I'm going to take Elon Musk. Elon Musk. I yep. thought about taking him, uh, but you I got you got a, you got an entrepreneur, you know, billionaire guy. So do I. But Elon Musk is well, he like owns Tesla. So we got a car company. Mm-hmm. He does the SpaceX thing, so we can explore space and shit with his rockets and all that sort of stuff. Right. That's pretty helpful to a to a organization that's based on science and. Not building giant lasers on the moon, but you know, hey, that's a you know, that's, I, I think I think I'm pretty happy with that. If you got Cuban, I got Elon Musk. That, that <laughs> seems like a fair exchange, right? Uh, so with my last pick of this round, um, as a lizard person, I am going to take Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, okay. We need it that we need that influence. We need to make sure we keep people motivated and going. Kaepernick has that. So let's go ahead. That's my sports person for this round. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So last pick is on the Illuminati. Let's see how we end this round. Uh, I was trying to think of like several different people that would be good for this. And I was trying to think of somebody who would have like pretty good power and influence. I'm going to take The Rock. The Rock to the Illuminati. Yep. We'll if you Dwayne smell Johnson. what The Rock is cooking. Because, you know, for all we know, hell, he might be our next president. So He could be, and yeah, then you would have the With the, the Illuminati's most... influence, we could just rule for 500 years. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know? uh, he, he'll be the all-undefinable king of the Illuminati. Right. And the world. Yeah. For the next 500 years. Because <laughs> The Rock could probably last that long. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that The Rock's kind of immortal at this point. Yeah, him and Keanu Reeves, you know. So. Yeah, that'd be really good to have, like, uh, President, you know, Dwayne Rock Johnson. And then Vice President, Vice President Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Because, you know, if Rock dies in office, Keanu will be the president forever. Yeah, and, you know, who would vote against that? Yeah, who's going to vote against make a god emperor... sound means now because we said it in the last episode and if you didn't pay attention then you know whatever right uh, <laughs> go watch the first matrix episode uh, <laughs> and we're going to explain that to you or not uh, watch it listen to it if you're watching it you're on some kind of drugs yeah you but i mean hey whatever you want to do man maybe you recreated it with sock puppets we don't yeah. know if you did that actually send it to us that'd be awesome if you create if anybody ever recreates one of our shows with fucking sock puppets I, I, you're hired. You're hired. We will you're just, hired. yeah, because that's that's a level of enthusiasm that sometimes we don't even have. We'll be like, we're not gonna do, we're not gonna eventually do any YouTube videos like we discussed, like actually making this show live on YouTube. Um, uh, also, in the podcast, we just do it with sock puppets. We'd be like, that's what you're watching <laughs> yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> just do the entire thing with fucking sock puppets. Or oh, if anybody God. wants to spend like a year doing each episode in like claymation, that'd be cool. Right. You know, like, fuck making Tool videos, you can make this show into claymation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Tool wastes a lot of money on music videos because they're just unwatchable. <laughs> and it's like, they make no sense. It's just like, I like fucking around with claymation. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, da, da, da. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't think that's any beat to a Tool song, but. Yeah. It's uh. not. <laughs> anyway, go ahead with uh, some of our information here, Steve. Okay, so, uh, The Matrix Reloaded. Which is the movie we're talking about, if you don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't know what, what Matrix Reloaded is, we're going to have Tommy come back there and hit you in the head with a tack hammer, because you're a retard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we should just sound clip that, and just play that every time we yeah. talk about stuff like this. Uh, uh, you can quote Tommy Boy for damn near anything. How was that yeah, movie Tommy that Boy. We should just have like a Tommy Boy soundboard that we just always hit throughout the episode. Right, yeah. Um, 
It earned $735 million at the worldwide box office at a budget of $150 million of it. That's pretty good. Most of it was special effects. Um, yeah. Making it the most successful R-rated movie in history. It surpassed the 19-year-old record set by Beverly Hills Cop, which we all know the you know the the place that I found this didn't update their information, uh, but we all know that Deadpool beat that record. Right. But that would still make The Matrix Reloaded the second highest-grossing R-rated movie of all time. But the at the time, yeah, at the time with inflation, I'm pretty sure it still would be. But like Deadpool made like almost a billion you know it would it didn't make a billion but it almost got there yeah which is pretty damn good for a movie about deadpool yeah that is just profane and vulgar and just like really gory but it's hilarious parents are like finally yeah finally i can go see one of these superhero movies that's not just a fucking jerk off fest yeah, jerk-off fest. <laughs> you know, when like you, Avengers with a bunch of jerk-offs. Yeah, when they're just jerking off. Uh. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that about Marvel movies. <laughs> you know, I don't want to see Ant-Man because all he is is a jerk-off. Right. Um, uh, the the role of uh, uh, Seraph was written for Jet Li, who wanted the same amount of money as Keanu Reeves was making for the movie. So they were like, we're not going to do that. Like, <laughs> Keanu's the the main character. The Seraph in this movie is literally in one scene. Yeah, I think two. Well, he's he fights Neo in but the then he's in, in the, the thing house, with the Oracle, and then he's actually in the in the uh, the park with the Oracle. And then he never shows up. He doesn't again. show up again until part three. So yeah, Jet Li wanted exactly what Keanu was making for the movie. That's so then they rewrote, then they rewrote the role for Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh, really? Yeah, and then she also turned it down. Wow. So then they got that guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that guy. Yeah, that guy who just doesn't have like a name or anything. Well, he's barely in the movie. I think he would have been a bigger part if Jet Li would have took it. Right. Like if he would have been like, I want to be in the movie. Gently would have been like a big part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, Seraph would have been way bigger in the movie if it had been. Colin Chow is who played Seraph. Colin Chow. Yeah. Um, maybe we won't go deeper down that rabbit hole. I don't know. Maybe we will later on. <laughs> um, one of our favorite people, I think, uh, I speak for both of us, like just in general as an actress, Monica Bellucci. Yeah. Um, and Keanu were both in what movie? Do you know? Together? Bellucci and Keanu? Yes, oh, they were in a movie together. Very uh, old movie. One of Keanu's best. And I know that's controversial, too, when you figure out what movie I'm talking about. Oh, shit. I don't remember. With, with them together? Yes. Monica Bellucci and Keanu Reeves was in Bram Stoker's Dracula together. Oh! <laughs> Wait, what the hell was she in Brimstone? It's been a minute since I've watched it. I didn't write down her character name, but I remember, because I've seen that movie multiple times. Because she's not Mina Harker. Mina's played by somebody else. That's going to bug me. I'm going to have to look that shit up later. The main main characters are, you know, Wynoa Ryder, right? Because she plays Mina Harker. Yeah, that's Wynoa Ryder. And then Keanu plays Jonathan Harker. Mm-hmm. Him, the mm-hmm. Coppola version Dracula, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, of course, the legendary 
Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is uh, Dracula himself. Um, the set of The Matrix Reloaded, for people that don't know, they reuse the sets of The Matrix Reloaded and build homes in Mexico for the needy. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, this is the type of people you deal with when you're on the sets with the Wachowskis and Keanu Reeves. Right. Um, which Keanu Reeves gave uh, all of his profits from his ticket, ticket sales to his crew. Um, that yeah, doesn't mean all of the profits that he made from the movie... But he does, like, his contract said that he gets percentage of all the ticket sales, which was, um, uh, would have added up to about $38 million. Right. Um. That's a pretty decent cut of the profits right there. He gave that all to the crew. Every dime. Oh, wow. To the crew. So, whenever you're talking about Keanu Reeves and you want to throw some hate on him... Think about stuff like that. Like, if you actually knew Keanu Reeves, you would, you know you would love this guy. Like, because he's probably the best person you've ever met. And I want to meet. I, I, I would love to meet Keanu Reeves one day. Uh, Keanu, if you ever want to be on the show, man, just let us know. Just yeah, you, we, we won't even talk if you don't want us to. You can sit here and talk about whatever... We'd be totally cool with it because yeah. you deserve stuff. Like we probably this. would be speechless anyway. I'd be like, "Hey guys, we actually got Keanu Reeves here." My mind would be blown. You know, right. such a great person, such a, you know, just great actors brought so much joy, so much entertainment to the world, and people shit on him. This is this is what this show's kind of about. I mean, you know, the Ghost in the Shell thing kind of started this. Um. But Keanu was, like, the second flame to that. Like, just so much hate on him. And, and it's the like, Star Wars prequels. And the Star Wars prequels. These were th- these things are the reasons we invented this show. Right, yeah. And no one basically. else does a show like this. If you ever hear a show like this, they heard this show and ripped us off. Because I listen to podcasts constantly. Actually, literally ten hours a day when I'm at work. I'm listening to podcasts. And no one does what we do nope everyone shits on everything and just negative and negative and negative no one wants to put anything up we take that shit and turn it into fertilizer make something beautiful we do this is what we do (laughs) so gloria foster who played the oracle in the original matrix yes um she tells neo in that movie that she loves candy yeah Ironically, she died of diabetes in real life. That's uh, that's really, that's really ironic. <laughs> that is really ironic, wow. and it's very tragic. Because I know peace. she she passed away after she did this movie, right? Because she wasn't available for Revolutions. Yeah, um, she shot some scenes for the movies that they already had written, but she did die, and that's why they had to recast her. But luckily for the Matrix is they have a reason for her looking different. Right. Um, Which we'll get into more of that whenever we get to Revolutions on Part 3. Right. Um, So, um, I have a little bit of trivia. And uh, it's going to be pretty fun. I have three trivia questions. That's kind of the number I'm going for on each one of these shows. Um, So, the first question is the obvious one. And then... I hate to say it as another rest in peace thing, and I don't think we can ever say it enough for this actress that I'm about to mention. 
because uh, I honestly can say for both of us, we miss this person every day. Who was the first cast choice to replace Aaliyah as Z after she died? Uh, Actually, hold on. Wait, Aaliyah, well, Aaliyah was supposed to be Z. I thought she was supposed to be Niobe. I meant Niobe, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, their their first choice wasn't Jada Pinkett. Oh well, hold on. I I, I forgot. I'm gonna do the multiple choice. My bad. Okay. <laughs> um, so A, Angelina Jolie, B, Salma Hayek, C, Eva Mendes, or D, Halle Berry. Uh, my gut would tell me Halle Berry. That's wrong. Really? Their first choice after that was Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes. See, part of me almost wanted to say Eva Mendes, but I was like, no, it'd probably make more sense if it was Halle Berry because they want to try and you know keep maybe the diver- the diversity. But I guess if Eva Mendes was casted, you'd have a Hispanic mean, yeah, woman. Yeah, she's Spanish. I mean, so. the diversity is diversity. Uh, but yeah, the, she was the first choice, but she already had other scheduling obligations, and she couldn't take the role. She wanted to, but she could not take oh, it. Oh, but Hallie probably couldn't do this anyway, because she was working on X-Men too, wasn't she? Uh, I don't know the scheduling of that, so I, I can't Maybe. speak for that. We're Maybe. just going to say that's what it was. <laughs> that's what she was doing. You know, yeah. I, she wasn't offered the role. This was she, Only Eva was offered out of the four I named. Oh, okay. Okay. Um... So, how long did the fight between Neo and Smith, Combs, uh, take to shoot? A, one day. B, a hundred days. C, twelve days. D, twenty-seven days. Mm. My gut tells me that it's twenty-seven days. It is twenty-seven days. That's how long that scene took to shoot. Okay. Um, That makes sense, because that... Because the Agent Smith uh, Royal Rumble. <laughs> that the Royal Rumble! Royal Rumble! The Royal Rumble with the Smiths, that, that is a very fucking complex sequence right there. It is. It is super complex, and it's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's probably the best scene in the movie. And there's a lot of folks that hate it. <laughs> of course there is. Right? Okay. Are we surprised by anything at this point when people nope. hate on shit? I mean, we we, well, literally, desensitized we, to hate we, now. we literally had hate on the Ghost of Shell episode about a haircut. Right. So we're <laughs> ready for anything at this point. People will hate on anything <laughs> if, it, if it's retarded. They'll find something that they do not like. We are ready for anything at this point. So right. just go. Um, okay, so here's the third and final trivia question. What movie... Was the Wachowskis' approach to direct instead of this one? Because they were offered other movie opportunities instead of directing The Matrix 2. Reload it. Um, A. Finding Nemo. B. Batman Begins. C. The Room. D. Hulk. I'm going to say Batman Begins. You are 100%. They for Warner Brothers. Yeah, correct. Okay. You are 100% correct. They okay. were offered the directorial roles to reboot Batman. Yeah. And I'm not saying anything negative about them. 
but I'm glad it was Christopher Nolan, and they went on to do The Matrix, because we needed The Matrix, and we needed Batman. Batman Begins didn't come out until two years later. Right. Um, because they didn't start production on it immediately, because Christopher Nolan ended up taking it, but then it's like, like my pre-production takes longer than most people's. Um, because of the detail that he puts into like location scouting and well he well kind of originally stuff. whenever they were getting directors they had a script written yeah and they were just trying to get directors for it but what happened whenever they got Christopher Nolan he threw their script in the garbage and told them he was going to write his own yeah and that is what um, that's what uh that's what Christopher Nolan does, though. He writes basically all of his movies with his brother Jonathan, and um, that's why they're so great. Jonathan's the writer, Christopher's the director, and that just seems like amazing. They they really probably should consider themselves the Nolan brothers, but I think Christopher doesn't really want to do that. Yeah, it's it, yeah because it, there's a lot of those like groups there's like those team ups of people that direct that are like really good because you have like well lord and miller the guys who did the lego movie and then you have uh, neville well, dean and taylor well lord and miller they they're very good at certain things but like lego heard movie they're not very good and you know what i'm gonna have to say that's disney's fault why would you why would you hire those guys to do han solo right <laughs> yeah because, I mean, Ron, if you can get Ron Howard... Neville Dean and Taylor, like you was just saying, yeah. those guys are, like, the perfect pair. Yeah, Neville Dean and Taylor are amazing. Those, I mean, Crank is fucking awesome. Yeah, the movie Gamer with Gerard Butler, that was really fucking good. Fucking awesome. Logan Lerman, bitches. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... um, And then you got the Russo brothers that work on the Avengers movies. Yeah, and they're amazing. I hope they work on Avengers movies for life. Right. <laughs> uh, Josh Whedon, he, he, uh, he was good at first, but I don't think, you know, this might be a controversial opinion because I, I love all the MCU thing, but I think that if it was the Russo brothers the whole time, which, you know, thanks for Arrested Development, guys. We, you guys are awesome. <laughs> um, and let's get some Jason Bateman in the MCU. Arsenal yeah. Michael Sarah. I'm good with that. Right. Uh, but um, if these guys were running the whole time, there would be no hate on hardly any of those Avenger movies. Yeah. Because these guys are just, just they knock it out of the park. It's all the time. Civil War. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's not here or there. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about some of that other stuff on a different uh, episode. Right. Yeah. Um. But um, right now, what we're about to get is what this show's about. Now to the hate. (laughs) Yeah, this is... uh... This uh this this particular movie has a whole shit ton of hate on it, and I think what it is is that 
to a degree, when you look at what the original Matrix was, it was like mind blowing because we saw special effects we hadn't seen before. We were introduced to like some stuff you don't normally see, like in a sci-fi movie or an action movie, because you got the philosophical elements and you got the allusion to like uh, Alice in Wonderland and you know Awakening and all these different themes and things you have going on. I think. To a degree, what happened was some people, when they went in to see part two, it's almost like, it's kind of like the Star Wars syndrome, that when people were going in to watch episode one, they thought it, you know, some people were like, yeah, this is really good, this is really good, and then when they get to like Attack of the Clones, they're like, eh, you guys are going backwards, you know, and I think that was kind of the same thing that people were thinking about this, it's like, that second movie syndrome that it can't live up to the first movie. Like and Jurassic Park. Like, yeah, like, because a lot of people, and we'll, we'll eventually probably get to the, like, Jurassic Park Lost World. Uh, we, hell, we might even do, like, the three main Jurassic Parks, maybe, if we feel like there's enough hate for those. But on Lost World. Plenty people, of hate for three. Yeah, there's plenty of hate for and three. two. Yeah. Not probably any hate for one. I, I could probably find it. Um, yeah, those guys are idiots. <laughs> but, like, like Jurassic uh, Park 2, The Lost World, since we're just randomly talking about it, the people that shit on that movie and were like, oh, this movie's, like, stupid, it is very close to the book. Because I actually read the book that it's based on. I read The he Lost read World. He read a book. Right, I read a book <laughs> for one. I made a poop, you know. <laughs> he made a poop. He did yeah. it. Yeah, uh, but I read the book for Lost World like when I was in uh, like grade school because I remember watching it, uh, or maybe I was in junior high. Maybe I was like I was in between. I forgot exactly what grade I was in. Maybe he was somewhere in there. Right, uh, <laughs> he was anywhere between grade six to grade twelve. So let's just go with that. Somewhere in there. <laughs> and I remember reading the book, and then I watched the movie, and I'm like, yeah, there's some stuff in here that's pretty close. And you know what? Fuck you for hating anything Jeff Goldblum does. Right. Also, people were, like, talking shit about the movie, and I'm like, it's based on the book, and the book was written by Michael Crichton. Yeah, so you're talking shit about Michael Crichton? He's dead. He can't defend himself. Right. What kind of pieces of shit are you that you're going to say that Michael Crichton doesn't know how to write? Yeah, if what anything, have you ever done? What have you ever done, motherfucker? If have anything, you ever wrote a book? I have. If anything, yeah, he actually has. He's not bullshit. <laughs> Uh, the thing that I think people forget sometimes is that, you know, when you're making an adaptation of something that, you know, people are like, oh, well, they cut too much stuff out. If you ever read Michael Crichton, he puts a lot of detail into his books. Very, like, he'll even yeah. show you the fucking terminals, what it looks like on the computer screens, and you actually get to see a visual representation of what it looks like on those screens when they're dealing with shit in the park. And so they cut out all that kind of stuff, and they're like, okay, we'll cut out some of those, like, really nerdy details and we're just going to throw in like a whole shitload of Jeff Goldblum which I'm fine with that because Jeff Goldblum makes that movie a lot better to me well yeah, and, and Julianne Moore Julianne Moore does really good in that movie too I love Julianne Moore yeah uh, and, then, and, and, and then the girl that they got to play uh, his adopted daughter she's really cool too uh, yeah I love, you know? I love the adopted daughter too yeah she's, she's really she's cool she's awesome she can fucking fight raptors. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this episode, Matrix 2 canceled. Jurassic World. We're doing the Lost World. Steve, do you have your notes? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've had these sitting here for years. Right. I was thinking about this shit before we even had a show. Uh, so, uh, when you get to, to Matrix 2, there's a lot of shit that people hate about this. I have 11 things on this list. Is so, one, is two 
fucking good. Right. Or do they say, I'm too fucking dumb. Right. No, nobody on here thinks that they're dumb. No, uh, everybody thinks they're a fucking genius and they know everything about cinema. So this is something you know about every one of our shows if you ever listen to any of them. Yeah, everybody on here is has the... Uh, everybody that we I get comments from, they are very similar to the Merovingian where they're kind of far up their own ass. And like when he says, like you know, it's like wiping your ass with silk, you know, like these people, they think that's what they're doing because when they review this, they think that they're wiping their own ass with silk, like they're just so sophisticated, they know everything, and it, when you and what I had to do because I had to do this in the first Matrix, because you have so many people that repeat the same thing, just they just word it differently. I'm like I kind of have to bullet down to its essence. So I have to find the main things that people hate and then right. just kind of condense them down so you get an, an idea. Because what what he's saying is there's just way too much hate and it's all repetitive. Yeah. So you have people to cut out a lot of bullshit, like, a lot, and then um, hope for the best. Right. That's what our show's about. So if you're like, oh, they weren't that funny on that episode, it's probably just because people don't have any good points. Right. And we're trying to show you that. So listen to this. Listen to all the episodes thinking about this. Well, we're telling you about what the hate is. We don't make it up. No. This is real stuff. I'm getting those directly from IMDb, and there was a few comments that I took from some people on Reddit that were bitching about Matrix. Uh, so uh, there's a few lines in here that are taken from Reddit, but almost 99% of it is from IMDb. Yeah. So, cause it's a very convenient place of hate. Uh, so, but anyway, so getting to number one, uh, and I, for some reason people have this weird obsession with Zion. So it says sets in Zion are too Hollywood, matte drawing or CGI. Costumes are straight out of the uh, Star Trek The Next Generation or a Calvin Klein commercial for Woodstock copycat wannabe ravers. This contrasts harshly with underdog Matrix hackers all wearing moth-eaten sweaters on the Nebuchadnezzar vis-a-vis um, -vis Zion mission controls immaculate glaring white state-of-the-art high-tech garb. Overload of scenes with superfluous councils and commanders who all have something terribly important to say. So... When you, when you watch this and you see Zion, are you thinking like, man, fuck this place. I want to see everybody back on the ship again. No, I'm kind of actually relieved because I'm like, are all living humans living on ships? No. Because that would be depressing. Like, yeah. I would kind of want the machines to win at that point. But, you know, just to be <laughs> I honest. I can see what you mean, yeah. Even though it's a horrible thing to say, it's kind of like, that's not a very good existence. They eat this, like, goopy slop crap on the ship. They have, like, their clothes are basically, like, all just rags, essentially. And they just live on, like, it's kind of like submarines, basically. It's like submarine life. Right. So, Zion, uh, uh, because there are tons of biblical references in this. It was actually banned from Egypt because of its over-Christian tone. Right. Um... Because they use a lot of things from the Bible. There's some references. You guys look that up yourself. I, I thought about doing that in my trivia stuff or information stuff, but I some of these will come up, I guess, in comments. A lot anyway. of these Easter egg type things, I don't really consider like facts. It's just like little things that directors throw in it for the fans. And if you're a fan, you already know it. 
Right. Uh, but Zion is the hill of Jerusalem on which the city David was built. And it, this is kind of what um, this was meant to be. Kind of like a, um, a sanctuary. Yeah. So Also, it's kind of like the David versus Goliath. They're David fighting the Goliath of the machines. Right, right. Yeah. So that's kind of where, where that's at. So they, they use a lot of uh, Christian-type stuff um, in this. And um, you don't have to be religious to even watch this movie. or You'd really have to be paying too much attention to even notice it. Yeah. Because like, they're very subtle. It's very subtle. Well, like the Wachowskis, they're, they they put a lot of religious symmetry in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, even from, you know, Neo being referenced as somebody's personal Jesus Christ, and then Trinity being an allusion to the Holy Trinity, you know. Right, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's, it's, it's subtle things, but it's obvious, too. Yeah, so. even Morpheus's ship is called the Nebuchadnezzar, which is from the Bible. Yeah, it's from you the know? Bible. And so there's a lot of biblical symmetry in a lot of this stuff even yeah but like but they also use like mythological type stuff but you might not notice it as much because it's not the main characters well well morpheus is the main character and that's the god of dreams right and but like um the ship that they call the hammer is actually called mjolnir and no one can it's very hard to pronounce so everybody calls it the hammer right but it's actually you know thor's hammer mjolnir. yeah because <laughs> Like, each one of the ships is kind of like, it's 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 given, the captain basically decides what they're going to call their ship. Yeah. Like, Niobe's ship is called the Logos, which I don't know if you looked that up. I didn't remember exactly what Logos means, but uh, it has, it's like a Greek significance, doesn't it? The, the Logos. Because I know the Nebuchadnezzar was chosen because Morpheus is kind of, like, he kind of likes the symbolism of the, you know, of a lot of the, the biblical stories. Because he's also probably the most, I don't know, if, would you consider Morpheus to be, like, religious? He, he, he seems like he, he would be the religious. He seems he, like he's the most religious of the group, yes. Because he believes in a dogma that not everybody else believes. That's one of the reasons that he has friction with the council. Sometimes. Well, not necessarily the council, but some of the other ship captains, like Locke. Because Locke really fucking hates Morpheus. <laughs> Like, well, Locke, a lot. Locke is uh, one of the only people in the entire thing that actually has a first name. Yeah. Which is Jason. Yeah, Jason Locke. And it's... You know, Logo is basically um, just basically the study of the Bible. Um, oh, is that what that means? Yeah. So it's actually just straight up studying the Bible term. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I wonder why Naobi chose that for her ship then. I don't know. Like, is... Basically, she's the Bible. So. Oh, I, I don't know. That's weird. That's, that is weird. I wonder if there's some more symbolism to that that we're missing. There is. But... There, there's, the dumb, there's a bunch of different versions of the word logos. So, um, it might not even be the biblical version. It could be like the Greek version or the Aramaic version or... There's so many versions of that word that I've just right. seen the one for the biblical, and that's basically just the study of the Bible. But it could be actually a different version. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, Mjolnir, um, they call that the hammer. I mean, the Nebuchadnezzar's, that's that's not hard to know what that is. Right. But the 
the idea that uh, people talked about, like the the folks from Zion being these like Woodstock like ravers. It's like <laughs> part of me was kind of like, okay, who watches this beautiful celebration of humanity, like rising up, being one people? You know, they they have this uh, big celebration in Zion, and, and who watches this movie and goes like, oh, fuck these people dancing. Who gives a fuck about this? So I heard some comments, and I ended up cutting it out because it was not nearly needed, but people were complaining about, like, the rave scene in Zion takes too long. And I'm like... Oh, so you don't want to see uh, Neo and Karen Moss bang upstairs? Right. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to see that, then... You're just not human because but we all want to see it, but you don't see anything. No. But you see that chemistry up there. It's pretty hot. But they're also having the celebration down. And you know what? You can say Woodstock if you want to. That's fine. Because what was that about? It was about unity and peace. Celebration of peace. And all that type of stuff. So, People you know, together. if you have a problem with that, then also fuck you. Because, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been at Woodstock, but if people were coming together and just wanting to hang out and party and drink, you know, I'm, I'm good for that. That's, that's okay. I mean, that's just life. Everyone should do that instead of what's happening in the matrix. Right. But I think part of it, I think is that some people have this weird thing where they just hate hippies, right? Like there's this, I don't yes, know. let's all hate like the most peaceful people on the planet. Dude, because there's people all the time that are like, oh, well, you know, all these fucking flower children, all this stuff, you know, all they want to do is just take drugs and be layabouts and stuff like that. It's like, there's more to hippie culture than just taking drugs and listening to music and being lazy and stuff like that. My mom, when she was young, she was a hippie, you know? So it... it happy Mother's Day, by the way. Yeah, it Happy Mother's Day. Related. Um... <laughs> Dorothy self. Yep. My mom. Love you. Steve's mom. My mom's passed on as well. Can you say her name? Let's say I love you. Yeah, I love you, Kathy. It's, it's uh for Mother's Day. We we uh we love our moms. You should all love your moms. You should all love other people. That's what we're trying to say. We're not hippies. No, and we're definitely not hippies. Like we don't do I don't smoke or... weed. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. We don't do anything. We drink. That's the only thing we do. We drink, watch racing, watch football, play video games, do a podcast, work our asses off. Right. You know, that's that's <laughs> the people. Nine hour, ten hour days, yeah. Yeah. So but... sometimes twelve, thirteen, fourteen for, for me sometimes. Right. Uh, but you know, we, we we don't disrespect hippies because they don't cause any problems. They don't no. hurt anybody. It's like this people, like those people that always got onto like Rastas and stuff that were like, oh well, Rastas just want to smoke weed and you know it's like because everybody said that like that's all Bob Marley wanted to do. Bob Marley was into like tons of causes. He was pretty political. He and was very political. He was yeah. I mean, everybody. That's why a lot of people now when they think of like Rastafarianism. They think of guys like Bob Marley because he was outspoken, he was political. I mean, even guys uh, like Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine, who's also in the Matrix soundtrack because Rage is a big part of... Rage Against the Machine is a big part of the Matrix universe. But for all the people who like have this weird thing where they don't like Rastafarian people, you know, like uh, people that follow the, the Rasta stuff in Jamaica... <laughs> Oh man! Uh, you keep dog. Nate Dog making an appearance on the show. 
smoke weed every day. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, but anyway, but like, I think when people are like watching this and they're they're seeing stuff like the people of Zion. You know, seeming like hippies. I don't know really come across as hippies to me. I well, guess I don't that's think any of them. And not really. Seem they're just like regular hippies. ass people. But I guess because of like the rave dancing and stuff like that, and the fact that a lot of them are wearing like very like hippie like clothes. Even Trinity, like her like dress thing, is kind of a hippie dress. I guess you could say. You know, like they're they're uh, they're dressed in very simple plain clothes. Uh, so some people, maybe that's the only way they can describe them as like the the people of Zion are engaging like in hippie activity. So, but they're peaceful people. And one of the things that you notice when you're watching this is that the people of Zion are like every race. You see Aboriginal people, you see Black people, you see Hispanic people, you see white people, you see every type of person that you can think of is in Zion. And they never mention race. Not no, once. They don't mention anybody being a specific color. Like, there's no racism in Zion. Because, to a They're degree... They're all human. The Wachowskis are basically trying to tell people, look, in the future, this racism shit isn't going to matter because at the end of the day, we're one race and that's human, and we need to look after number one because we're never going to survive if all we do is want to kill each other because somebody might be more brown than me. Yeah, so you I'll know? go out on them and say, if you hate this movie, you're a racist. Because, right? <laughs> I mean, when you look at the majority of the cast, the, there's like, what, three main white people in the cast? It's like Trinity, Neo, and Agent Smith. Or Smith, if... He's not really an agent anymore, but we'll but call him Agent cool Smith. But it's still cool to call him Agent Smith. Though, right. It just, just sounds just so easier to men say. in black. Why hasn't Hugo Weaving ever been a men in black? I don't know. He would he, be an amazing agent. Yeah, he would. Um, like, let's get Hugo Weaving and Will Smith. Right. Let's but, do this again. I mean, you have some of the side characters, like the Merovingian that's white, and then, of course, uh, Persephone, who is Monica Bellucci. She's Italian, so she's white. Gorgeous, uh, gorgeous and talented. Yes, we, we love Monica Bellucci. Yeah, she's also a Bond lady. Yeah, Spectre. What uh, you know, oldest female to play a Bond girl, and she fucking nailed it. Yeah, love Monica Bellucci. Yeah, she's amazing. But you know, then you've you've also got like the, the like the other parts that's like diverse about the cast too, because you have Link, who is their new operator. Because in the previous episode, I realized afterwards that I, I had switched Tank and Dozer. Dozer was, uh, you know, like Z's brother. And then Tank was the operator that basically, like, killed off Cypher and was, like, their operator at the end of the movie. I had fucked that up on the previous episode. Okay, and got that, their names yeah, I mean, that, that's fine. This so is my a bad. movie. I mean, we, yeah. we mess names up sometimes. Yeah, so I, I got them confused. But anyway... Uh, but yeah, you just see diversity all over the place and the idea of like calling them Woodstock copycat wannabe ravers, it's like, who watches this movie and thinks like, oh, look at this beautiful celebration of humanity. Fuck these people. (laughs) Fuck these people. Like how cynical are you that you can't look at something like this and be like, you know what, man, that's beautiful. Humanity coming together. I mean, these people suck so bad. They love each other. Fuck them. I hate my life. I'm miserable. I live with my mom in the basement. And she... In a van down by the river. In a van down by the river. (laughs) Oh, man. That's made it in, like, two episodes straight right there. Yeah. But, uh, 
What do you What do you do? We got some uh... talking about cultural appropriation. Jimi Hendrix, right? Was that? <laughs> Appreciate it for a second. Appreciate it for a second. Right. It's not going to last longer, but but we know this is something that probably is played in Zion. Because you they know still, Jim, if they still have regular music. Yeah. You know Jimmy existed through this, like because his music still rele- as relevant as today as it was in the '60s. Right. So it would definitely survive the Matrix. Right. Uh, we can only hope so. Because they don't listen to regular music in The Matrix. No, well, they don't. I mean, in the real life, they really don't. In The Matrix, they do listen to music. Yeah. Because it's meant to be They're an illusion that everything like is the same. Death tones and stuff. Right, yeah. Um, and Rob Zombie and stuff what like that. What happened to the death tones? Could anybody tell us? <laughs> Beyond the hate of Yahoo. Does anybody know what happened <laughs> to Chia Moreno? Yeah. No, anyway. Okay, so uh, moving on. Does anybody on. know what happened to Left Eye? Left Eye Lopez? <laughs> you talking about from TLC? I'm just kidding. Man, for real, like, I'm disappointing you, Steve. No, I know he's fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone know what happened to the talented guy from NSYNC? Whatever happened to him? I don't know. Didn't he end up on, like, Dancing with the Stars or something? Well, probably. Yeah. The talented one we're talking about. His name was, like, uh... Fuck, I can't remember. It was like it was like Dustin Timberwoods or something. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something I, I like that. I think the guy died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, then we get over to uh, number two, right? So uh, number two uh, is Morpheus was developed as a charismatic philosophical character with insight far exceeding anyone else in the movie, but here in Reloaded, we're presented by a different Morpheus who stands hard and hollow reduced to corny one-liners that contradict the character we saw develop in the first film. This character just didn't feel the same, and this could also be said about the supporting characters in the movie. Fishburne's droning recital of horrific pseudo-intellectual amusing is so stilted, you can almost hear the director urging him to be, More serious, Lawrence! You've got to be more Morpheus than Morpheus himself ever knew he was! So... <laughs> I don't think... That's how the Wachowskis direct movies. Uh, no. Just to be honest, I, I think that's just ignorance from what he just said. Don't you, you love it when somebody words something like this where they have uh, pseudo-intellectual musings? They try to make it sound stupid, but if you know anything about acting, especially an actor like Lawrence Fishburne, um, you cast Lawrence Fishburne, you let Lawrence Fishburne do what he feels like the character will do. Right. And Lawrence Fishburne himself has said this, you can actually YouTube it, he's literally said this about the Matrix, that they let him kind of take Morpheus to the place that he needed to go. Right. And it's the same thing with Keanu Reeves and, uh, Carrie-Anne Moss and also Hugo Weaving. Um, they kind of let you do your own progression of character as long as you stick with you know what they need from the script right as long um, as you don't deviate too far you can you can work with some things yeah because Fishburne in this movie his idea whenever he fights Smith in this movie on top of the truck no he um, doesn't fight Smith he fights a regular agent okay when he fights the agent yeah the only time it, he fights Smith is when they're in the hallway with the key maker 
he takes his glasses off. Yeah. So when he takes his glasses off, like he did in the first one, he wanted to make make um, um, Morpheus seem vulnerable, like he was in the first one. That that was Fishburne's choice, and a lot of this is Fishburne's choice. So no, it wasn't the director telling him to do any of that. Right. But the thing I think about it is that when they say that uh, he was a charismatic philosophical character with insight far exceeding anyone else in the movie. Because in the first movie, he kind of has to be. Because he has to he has to bring Neo in, and he has to give him the red pill, blue pill choice, right? And so he, he's kind of setting this up as like, you know, you can take the one pill, and, you know, you go back to... You know, whatever life you came from, and you don't know, you're none the wiser. You can take the other pill, and you can see how far the rabbit hole goes. He's trying to, he's trying to be a little bit theatrical to Neo because he wants Neo to make a choice. The Matrix, if these movies are about anything, it's about choice. And then in this movie, we also learn about cause and effect because the Merovingian puts that very clearly to you that it's about cause and effect. But Morpheus in the first movie has to explain to Neo, he has to basically bring him in and kind of give him, you know, how do you deal with the Matrix 101? How do you deal with agents? How do you deal with glitches in the Matrix? How do you deal with all these different things? Because he has to do a lot of talking because he has to explain shit to Neo so that we understand as an audience what the fuck he's talking about. Well, and Morpheus' main mission is to find the one. It's to find the one. And he found him, so his foresight ends there. Right. So the main thing about Part 2 is that he's already trained Neo. He's been with Neo for a while. Neo still serves in the crew, just like Trinity does. But he doesn't have to explain anything. Now he can kind of get back to some of the regular nitty-gritty stuff of being a captain with the ship and having to deal with the military that they have. Yeah, Neo's kind of the leader at this point. Yeah. Especially inside the Matrix. In the Matrix, he's definitely the leader. On the ship, because Morpheus has the experience... And he's the captain he's of the Morpheus. ship. But in the, yeah. the in the Matrix, Neo is the leader. Yeah. Like if you go into the Matrix, it's Neo. Right. You know, and um, I don't see why that's so hard to understand. Right. But I think people felt like because his role was reduced a little bit in this, because he wasn't the guy that was like guiding everything. This is not the Morpheus movie. The first one was the, the Morpheus movie. Exactly, because Steve even said that previously that. The first movie is the Morpheus movie because it's very heavy on Morpheus. It's, a, trying it's to about find Morpheus and about finding the one, and he finds him because Neo's character doesn't really get into it until like the last maybe like twenty minutes. Right. Then is then is Neo's character. The next two movies are the Neo movies. Yeah. Um, now, wouldn't you say? And, and I, I would agree with that to a degree, but I think Matrix Reloaded is the Trinity movie. Yeah, Matrix. Yeah, I, I would actually say that they all get their own movie. Trinity. Uh, Trinity's she, movie is this movie because she actually has the emotional carriage of this movie. Right. Uh, she's the one that's doing the most acting uh, as far as emotional baggage, and then the final movie that's the Neo. Movie. That's the Neo movie. That's yep. when Neo. You get to see everything about Neo, and you get to see Keanu Reeves show out. We'll talk about that next episode, but you know he sh- he shows the fuck out always. And right. You know, this episode, you know, they they use some CGI, and um, he does his thing, though. Like he always does. I mean, it's uh, the Matrix versus reality. I mean, you just, 
it's an amazing baby, and um, I, d I don't understand why there's so much hate. Right. Yeah, we're only on part two. We're only on okay. number two. So since we're talking about Neo, right? Mm -hmm. Number three. Uh, even Neo's godly persona was suspect during most of the fighting sequences. The Alibi battle with the 200 Agent Smith clones uh, was 80. certainly exaggerated. Uh, well, how many did it eventually get up to? Because it, eventually it felt like he was fighting almost 200. It was 80. Was it 80 specifically? Yeah. Okay, it just felt like there was more, I guess. Because there's 80 is a lot. That's I still mean, a 80's lot. 80 a lot. That's a lot of Smiths. You know, that's I mean, that's basically a that, that's a royal rumble of, of Agent Smiths. I mean, he had 80 Smiths, which was the people that he he's like 100 times stronger than he was as an agent. Neo's still fighting them all off. Right. And then he, you know, Superman flies out of there. Right. So it says, One must wonder, for a man so gifted as Neo, that he would even waste his time engaging in such, such fruitless, frivolous battle when more pressing matters attend, especially when you consider his ability to fly or his ungodly ability to bend the Matrix. Certainly Neo could have dispatched the clones much quicker and more efficiently. Neo is apparently the Messiah, the one who can see past simulations in the Matrix to the underlying code. As a result, he is an all-powerful Superman in the Matrix. So then why does he engage in all these ineffectual, in interminable, slap-fest kung fu fights? He ought to win each encounter in a nanosecond. We shouldn't be even able to see a fight. Neo ought to be altering the underlying code to his advantage directly without any visual corollary. Somebody like really had the dictionary when they made this. Furthermore, <laughs> once Neo's powers are discovered, he should be the only human going back into the Matrix. None of the other characters needs to be there. It is as though the directors bestow omnipotence on this character only to have him operate at 1% of his ability throughout the movie. Even if the Wachowskis had tried to make an intelligent sequel, one that was consistent with Neo's powers, they would have had no action sequences at all. But of course, this isn't an intellectual sequel. It is just a stupid and long commercial for sunglasses, Cadillacs, and Ducatis. This movie is a failure on par with the Star Wars prequels. We anticipated seeing the uh, minds Neo freed and how Neo does this more than anything, far more than him rescuing himself and his pals. The writers completely ignore this. Okay, so I can explain Lots this to Lots of digest there. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, he said a lot, but he didn't really say a lot. Yeah. Um, so this is very easily explainable. So Neo isn't surprised by C.N. Smith. I mean, he even asked him, you surprised to see me? And then, you know, Neo's like, no, puts his glasses on. So he doesn't destroy Agent because he knows, or Smith, because he right. knows that there's some purpose for him being there inside the Matrix. Neo can see this. Right. Um, because Neo can see the Matrix. So he knows he's not going to destroy Smith there. He needs to figure out exactly what Smith's role is now that he's the reason Smith is like he is. Because he even says it, that he's maybe imprinted on Neo. We, we actually played that clip to start this show. Yeah, this started the show. I mean, those three minutes of your life right there, you wrote fucking, you know, a giant paragraph about this, and it's literally explained in those three minutes I played. Right. Um, now, no, this is from the same person. This is from, like, I think two, two different people. Two dumbasses. Right? <laughs> two dumbasses. Okay. We'll, we'll put it at that. Yeah, that'll make sense. So, um, <laughs> it's very easy to understand. Uh, and, look, the other people do have to come in the Matrix because other people still have to be plugged in 
they have to learn stuff. And Neo is kind of like a god in the Matrix, but he's not... Um, he's not infallible. Yeah, he, he can be killed. He needs people to have his back. He needs he needs Trinity. He needs... Like when they go after the Keymaker. Um, he needs backup. Yeah. Because these people know the ins and outs of the Matrix. It doesn't really help him if they know backdoors that he can't see. Yeah, because he doesn't know everything about the Matrix. And it's not like he can just affect everything. In this movie, he's there's still some things that he might not be able to do. Yeah, he can fly and stuff like that. But you don't get to see Neo at his full strength until Matrix Revolutions. Right. So what you're talking about is basically you didn't watch this movie completely. Or you watched it and you're just kind of like... I don't know what's going on. I hate this movie. Well, he could fly. Why doesn't he just like destroy Smith like in a second? Because Why doesn't he, he just like code? be like, "Hey, Smith, fuck you," boom, <laughs> <laughs> and just make him explode? It's like it doesn't work. That that's not how the force works. That's not how the force works. That's not how the Matrix works. That's not how the Matrix works. You, you can't just make people disappear. Yeah, and like, I mean, he can't just be like, "Okay, Matrix over." Boom. <laughs> is that what you wanted to happen? That's what you wanted the movie to be? Oh, he's like some god. He could just like end the Matrix, right? What the fuck are you talking about? He still bleeds. No one ever said he could do that. Like, right. he'd just be like, hey, you know what? I don't like your face. Boom. Yeah. Disintegrate. <laughs> yeah. You just imagine him being like, it's just like, it kind of like a random agent. It's like, your head's like way too big for your body. I'm going to make it explode. Boom! <laughs> Neo. <laughs> right, yeah. Unplug me, bitch. <laughs> right. That's not what's going Come on. Come find me, bitch. <laughs> Catch me outside. Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? So. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but I think the whole, I think they're, they're just kind of missing something here. Uh, that, like, the Wachowskis, if they were trying to make an intellectual movie, they would have if they were really trying to make an intellectual movie. They wouldn't have any action sequences. They never set out to make an intellectual movie. They set out to make a science fiction movie with action in it that has some philosophical and some interesting undertones, some interesting perceptions on things. Yeah. But it's not supposed to. This is not supposed to be fucking a beautiful mind. Like you know, this isn't supposed to be like some amazing drama. You're like, oh my god. And by the way, you know? spoiler alert. He has an imaginary friend. <laughs> yes, yes. So, spoiler alert: it was actually uh, Bruce Willis the whole time. Yeah, um, he was dead. Yeah, he was dead the whole time. <laughs> he just uh, tied in two movies, and then yeah, that's funny. But yeah, I just, I just think that the other thing too that I think that he touched on here at the well, I, I, this was like a different person. They tacked on this. Where they said that uh, they anticipated seeing the minds that Neo had freed. Morpheus says in the movie, like if you if you actually listen to the movie, most of the time you will find the answers to what you seek. People yeah. forget about that. People think like there's plot holes in show all the time. Now, not to say that you can't find plot holes in some movies you can, right? But A some lot things of that people you could think, if you're you know 
desperate for attention. Movies are not written to be shitty. Do you know how many people have to look over these things to make sure that this stuff makes sense? And they're like, surely that's not a plot hole. And somebody's like, oh yeah, but you said it was a Saturday. But how the moon was lined up in the screenshot, it was actually a Tuesday when you <laughs> shot the movie. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> and why are you looking at that shit instead of the acting going on? But Yeah. But the thing is, is that, like, a lot of times people think that shit are, are plot holes when they're not. But, like, when Morpheus says we freed more minds in six months than we have in the previous six years, and that's because of Neo. That's because of Neo. Because, because Neo has woke, has, he has... He's woken. He's woken. Delete! 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 He has awakened so many people... That he now is basically considered a messiah. What do they do at Zion when he when he steps off the elevator? They basically just start giving him like a standing ovation because it's Morpheus. They're like, yes. You, you know what I mean, Neo? Huh? You, we're talking about Neo still. When when Neo gets off the elevator with Trinity and. Oh, I thought you were talking about at the. Um, no, no, I'm not talking about celebration. Not Morpheus at Zion. No, when. Uh, Neo and Trinity are on the elevator, and they like make out for like a like a quick second. Oh yeah! And then the, and then high. like the doors open. What's there? It's people bringing him like offerings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've we've been drinking, so Steve was probably still thinking. We're I was Zion. thinking about the Morpheus thing. Yeah, no, that was all awesome like, yeah! too. Yeah, we are not afraid. We are you not know? afraid. Yeah. Morpheus is awesome as speeches. Lawrence Fishburne is this shit. Yeah, I just I want I want Lawrence Fishburne to do. I guess like, my mind instantly went there first, like when you said yeah. something about what do they do, and I'm like, they fucking cheer Morpheus, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about Neo? Yes, they give him offerings because they think he's a god. And he's like, no, you don't have to give me those. But yeah, uh, it's like because that's one of the things that that happens is like as soon as they step off the elevator, and this lady's like, you know, my my son is serving on a ship. You know, can you watch up for him? And he's like, I, I'll try. Yeah, you know. And then um, you know, Trinity's like, you know, they, they, like these people, they need you. And he's like, I need you. And she was like, I know, but we, we have time, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll bang. Okay. Um, so let's be honest though they would have made beautiful children yeah like, oh Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss if they actually had a child in real life that would be a beautiful ass child yeah because they're both like really beautiful people so you know the beautiful people <laughs> the beautiful people because <laughs> uh you know there's some Marilyn Manson in the Matrix soundtrack and I don't think there's anything of his in this movie is there I don't know. Just the first Keanu movie. must have not have been able to convince them to throw some Manson in this one also. Right. Because we all know Keanu loves his Manson. Right, yeah. He puts Manson in a lot of the stuff that he works on. But anyway. But the uh, I think um, it says, We anticipated seeing the Minds Neo freed. And it's like, you did see those people. Because a lot of those people, even the kid that runs up that's kind of like the fanboy, he says, like, you know, you saved my life. And he was like, you know, you saved yourself. You know? Because that kid feels like he's indebted to Neo because Neo was the one who got him out of the Matrix. Right. That's why he wants to serve on the Nebuchadnezzar because he's like, you know, next year I'll I'll be of age and I'll be able to serve on a ship and I've made my mind up. I want to serve on the Nebuchadnezzar. And, you know, Neo doesn't really know how to deal with all this because he's just some regular-ass dude. He doesn't want a celebrity status. He just wants to help people. Yeah, but that's the thing. Neo, at this level, is just like Keanu Reeves. 
At a real level. At a realistic level, that's how Keanu is. He freed us from the Matrix. Right. He freed us from the lizard people and the Illuminati, and we've been fighting them ever since. Right. Although, now that we have Nicki Minaj, things might, things might change. Mm-hmm. With Elon Musk's money. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but I just think that uh, it, it says like the writers completely ignored this. No. They show you what life in Zion is like. Especially the life that Neo has when he's not in the Matrix. When he's not in the Matrix, and he can't like fly and shit like that. When he's just a regular, normal dude in real life... He's treated as a messiah, and he doesn't know how to deal with all this. Because he's kind of like, I, I am really new to this, you know? Yeah, I do not want to be God. Right, yeah. Uh, so, number four. And this one's a small piece. So mm-hmm. I figured we would talk about this. That's what she said. A little bit. It's a small piece. Um, <laughs> it's like a Vienna sausage, you know? It's like a Vienna sausage. More like a, I need more like a kielbasa, you know? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, number four. CGI used far too often to smooth over gaps in bullet time photography. Mm-hmm. The least trained eye easily spots Gumby-like cartoon drawings stretching across the screen. I don't think he's ever seen Gumby. Yeah, Gumby is fucking claymation. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Gumby take a pole and beat the fuck out of, like, 80 Agent Smiths? I don't think I've seen that, but I would like to. Yeah. Also... Neo could be really good as like at using a stripper pole because look at how he uses that fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, Keanu, in this get on that pole, baby. Get on that pole. <laughs> All right, everybody, coming up to the stage, we have Keanu. <laughs> Keanu, that's actually kind of get your paper ready, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna spit my beer out. Oh god, because you sound like a strip club DJ when you do that. You, right. you really do. Yeah, what you guys don't know is after I leave here and I do, I, I do that. You know, after he I goes do to the... a strip club and DJ. All right, everybody, coming up to the stage, we've got Mercedes. Throw them dollars, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That sounds that sounds accurate. I do know her Mercedes, and she is smoking hot. So she is. Um, but uh, I think the the thing is, is that people. What is it with that people hate about CG? People hate CGI. I need real, real life spaceships. You gotta build a real <laughs> spaceship, yeah. go into outer space, actually fight aliens, and then it'll be a good movie. Right. I need you to clone Hugo Weaving five million times. <laughs> because that's real. Because it's then like... we can actually have real Hugo Weavings fighting a real Keanu. And all this kind of stuff. It's like, you cannot make a movie like this without computer-generated effects. There's no fucking way. But people are obsessed with it. When you watch a movie, Steve, do you think to yourself, like, oh, that's a really bad CG shot? Like, if you're really trying to super critique the movie, you might point that out. But when you're watching the movie to watch it, do you ever think about, like, oh, well, that was a really crappy made effect? No. I'm, I'm Usually when I watch something, I, I uh, try to figure out why... How the plot's moving along and why certain people are there, right? You know, like just just for instance, and not to hate on it at all, but like when I watch the Justice League, I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, why is that the villain? Why is Batman there? He's basically useless. Uh, but it's stuff like that. Like plot progression is more important to me than what the movie looks like yeah. or what's going like. If you have a good reason for for how the plot's going or the story's being told, then 
I don't care what it looks like or who's there. You just need to tell me the story because, you know, the story is what's important in movies. It's what's important in books. It's what's important in all of literature or in any art. You know, you always have those people that talk about, you know, paintings and stuff like that. And they're like, this tells this story and this tells that story. And uh, movies are the exact same way. It really is. And The Matrix tells a story. It tells a story from beginning to end and it doesn't stop. And that's perfect. Right. But these jackasses would watch the same Justice League movie and think they didn't animate Superman's cape correctly. Yeah, then it's like, why didn't, why didn't it, like, flop this way? Like, in the comic books, you know, it always blew to the left, and on this scene, it's blowing to the right. It's like, you know, wind does change directions. Right. But anyway. But people do that all the time. They're sit there, and they're nitpick about, like, oh, it looks fake when Neo is fighting Smith because he's fighting all these Smiths. You cannot build that shit unless you build it in the computer. You can't, you, do you expect you leaving to, like, do, like, each point place acting and then film all that and no. add it into one clip and then have Keanu Reeves be in a totally different clip and just be fighting air? Right. And then they add him into that? No, yeah. what they did was they got extras. Yeah. And they got, they got maybe... They guys. The talking scenes of Hugo Weaving were all him at different angles. And after that, it was a bunch of stunt guys that were kind of the same size and shape as Hugo. And then they filmed it, and then they put Hugo's face on all of them. Yeah. They digitally replaced all of their faces with Agent Smith's face. So that's what happens on a lot of that. So then there are reshoots and a lot of the animation you see with Keanu where you can tell it's CGI. Um, that's stuff that was done when Keanu wasn't even there. Yeah. That was just it was added just a, in. It was an animated version of Neo. Yeah. But people just have this weird thing where they just hate CG because they're like, oh, the CG looks bad. It's like, why the fuck are you focusing on that? It's like, none of this shit is real. It's the same thing George Lucas said, and we covered it a lot when we ever we covered Star Wars. None of this shit is real. So how is it that something that's created in a computer will look any more or less fake or whatever compared to something that's made as a puppet or a miniature or a painting or something like that? None of this should actually exist. Yeah, so, you know, when you think it's fake, yeah, it is. It is fake. Yeah, all of it's fake. It is also the Matrix. You know, whenever they're in the Matrix, when you see most of the CGI, they're inside of a computer. Yeah. So guess what? It's Sometimes look like they might be inside of a computer. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> I think people forget that sometimes. It's like, look... Sometimes things are probably going to look a little bit different in the Matrix because you see people's faces warp whenever agents take them over. That shit's not normal. You know what? I hope John Wick comes on your fucking World of Warcraft account and just slaughters you and all your fucking friends. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys remember that meme, which is like fucking 12 years old now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, So we'll get to uh, number five, which is uh, one of our old chestnuts here. Number five, acting and writing brutally stilted offends the most ill-equipped intellect. One has the impulse to ignore the dialogue completely as a means of punishing it, like parents deliberately not reacting to a 10-year-old who tries to shock them with foul language. Mis <laughs> Which also, that's a very specific reference. 
the, the, whoever this fucking person was has actually done that shit in real life or had their 10-year-old say something like that, it would be like, what's what's that, Jimmy? Fuck you. Okay, so what do you what do you, what do you want to watch for TV? Like, if your son, like, just straight up said, like, fuck you, I don't think your reaction would be just to deliberately ignore him to try and prove a point. You'd be whooping an ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there would be repercussions. Right, there would be repercussions. My son's, but my son loves me, so he's not going to tell me to... He's not gonna say fuck you to me. <laughs> right. I mean, he 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 loves me because I pay him attention, and I'm a good dad. Right. But you know, shitty parents get said fuck you to. Yeah. Uh, m- misguided attempts at tenth grade level pop philosophy add to the superficiality. Whoever, whenever these people write this shit, they sit down with a dictionary and go, you know what? I'm gonna find the most intellectual. I'm gonna shit. try to look smart. Right. On fucking IMDb with a bunch of other losers. Uh, the dialogue in the movie was absolutely horrendous. Unless you're a psychology major, you most likely will not understand most of what is said in the movie, and because of that, and uh, because of that, simply won't care. Wachowski Bros or Wachowski Sisters. We'll just call them the Wachowskis, just to. That's what I've been trying to do this whole time. Right, Wachowskis take the ideas. Well, when this was written, this was written at the time when they were still Andy and Larry Wachowski. Yes, yes. Um, this but is they're from, not now. They're, yeah, they're the Wachowskis. Now. So the Wachowskis take the ideas expounded in the first flick and drown them in so much rhetoric and hyperbole that you struggle to follow the plot between pointlessly extended special effects blowouts. Primary characters become redundant. Secondary characters are under, underdeveloped slash unlikable. Mm. So, when you're listening to this movie, one of the things that I like about a, a, a movie like this is that the dialogue is not easy to comprehend right off the bat. It has layers to it. You have to think whenever somebody's talking, whether it's the Oracle or it's the, the Keymaker or it's Morpheus or whoever... The Merovingian has a lot that he talks about, and there's a lot of things that he's going into. And even the architect, which we'll get to more towards the end, because that's more at the end of the movie. Right. I have I have some stuff about the architect later, so don't worry. We'll get into that. Um, whenever these characters are talking, I like how the Wachowskis put the intellectual stuff in this, because they want their movie to not just be some dumb movie that you can just gloss over in a couple of hours and then you never think of it again. Well, you know how much I hate, like, cheesy addition and dialogue. Right. Like, that's actually one of my... One of the things that I kind of dislike about any movie. Like, I might even like the movie, but like, um... Like I was saying, like, Wonder Woman, for instance, the little dialogue that she has towards the end of the movie, I'm just like, that ruined that ending for me because it's like, it's all in slow motion and it's all like this cheesy lining stuff whenever it would have been way better if she would have just like brutally beat his ass. I, and I just thought it was like, a, you know, like, it was such a pro-woman movie and then they gave it like the most girly ending. Right. And I was like, that was like the most anti-Wonder Woman thing you could have done. Uh, when she was like, because it's about love or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, that's no. <laughs> You're fighting Ares. But I think, uh, like when it says, like, unless you're a psychology major, you most likely will not understand most of what's said in the movie. No, it's pretty easy to understand. Like, you yeah. don't have you don't have to be a fucking, you know... PhD to understand this movie, you just have to pay t- 
tension. Right. Because they explain this movie very well during the first movie, second movie, and third movie. Yeah. All you have to do is watch it and be like, okay, well, they told me this, and they told me this, and they told me this. You don't, you're just not like, oh, what what the fuck's going on now? <laughs> I was playing Snake on my Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, who fucking still has just a regular-ass Nokia? Like, nobody has that shit anymore. <laughs> Man. That, uh, that reference is probably pretty old for most people. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, for real. Uh, if you're if you're a millennial, you're probably not gonna understand that because you're you're like, like I hate you guys. What the fuck is a snake in a Nokia? Right. You guys are racist. I'm right. going on Twitter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, keyboard warrior. See how far it gets you. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Um, but because uh, <laughs> we're beyond your hey, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. We have zero fucks to give. I'll go ahead and uh, publicly announce we will not apologize for anything we say, and you can all go fuck yourself if you right. don't like this shit. <laughs> I apologize for absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you to take a quote from uh, from Conor McGregor, because we're 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 both part Irish. Steve is more Irish than I am, but yeah. we both have the ability to not give a fuck about anything that we do. We we decided whenever we were doing this show that if people would get offended by it, we we're not going to apologize. We're not going to banter for your uh, your your likes or your listens. We're we're not going to do any of that. Yeah. We, we are who we are we're not change our lingo we're not going to be you know Politically fake correct. we're we're not going to do any of that no and if you like the show great we love you guys if you don't like it then turn it off i don't give a fuck right <laughs> yeah i mean you don't have to listen to this if you don't want to but for those of you who are still positive and you're still here we'll keep going so yeah, we want positive uh, people that want to listen to stuff and are very open-minded negative people you're not going to like anything anyway so why are we trying to like you right because if you I mean if you look you at just, our logo it says no haters allowed yeah you <laughs> just you just want your own attention on your own that's why you try to be social justice warriors in the first place you're like oh yeah that was a tragedy but this guy said this so look at me look at me you're not warriors you're just attention whores right um, just a bunch of LeBron Jameses. Yep, anyway. exactly. <laughs> that's, we phrased it, tagged it, trademarked it. Actually, LeBron, you can't even use your own name anymore. We trademarked it. Right. It's called LeBroning. It's LeBroning. Acting like a bitch boy and eating orange slices. <laughs> orange <laughs> slices because you're cramping in fucking games. Because you're cramping. No, you're not cramping because you we play so many minutes. We know why you're cramping. Anyway. Because uh, <laughs> uh, you so, a bitch. Because <laughs> you a bitch. Uh, but no, numbers, yeah, if you, guys, if you guys have listened to me so far, you know that I'm a Bulls fan, so, you know, yeah, we don't Doubles. like, Bulls. Bulls. so to get to the next point, we are at, uh, number six, okay, so here we go, uh, oh, damn, my chair's all fucked up, this <laughs> chair, the Matrix, you know. Fucking Matrix glitched and fucked my chair up. Okay. Illuminati, lizard people. <laughs> so, LeBron James. Yeah. Lebr- <laughs> LeBron's like, revenge, bitch. No. Revenge, bitch. I fucked your chair up. I, your chair I shook up. it a little out of place. Yeah. I messed up your hair. What you gonna do about that? Um, so, it's number six. Nothing short of fury is generated by what sloppy writing did to Agent Smith, now a renegade evil hippie bot. On a soul search, seeking revenge for reasons frighteningly lacking depth. Agent Smith, for as badass as he was in the first movie, seemed to get all religious and preachy. 
The oracle, now trivialized by meandering, contrived oracle speak, reduced to a pseudo-smarmy program, a side act as opposed to a pithy element she was. To the pithy element she was. These two key characters are robbed of their sovereignty and depth. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just... I mean... What the hell even is this? <laughs> it's Post Malone. Is this Post Malone? I don't listen to Post Malone. I have no fucking clue what this is. But this is very, very confusing about what he's talking about. Because none of that's true. Like, that's just like a bunch of gibberish. Like that he's all religious and preachy now? He's no. He's not. He's definitely not. I mean... If Hugo Weaving had a church, sure, I'd go to it just to listen to him talk for an hour. Right, just to listen, just to hear him talk. Yeah, because Hugo Weaving's one of those guys that you could just literally listen to. I mean, have you ever seen V for Vendetta? You know that V scene where he says like 90 words that start with a V? Mm-hmm. And like a sentence, and it's like, how did he learn that? I, I mean, I know they all did like rehearsed lines, but literally, I mean, honestly, how the fuck did he do that? He's just talented, that's how. Exactly. <laughs> so you're telling me a guy as talented as Hugo Weaving, I mean, he fucking played all Ron. Right. And you're going to tell me that he is a little preachy in this? No, I mean, I, I think what it is is that sometimes people, they mistake some of the stuff that goes on in these movies is being like too preachy or I thought you know, he was intimidating. Yeah, if anything, you'd probably be intimidating because you don't really know what he's what he's up to. And he's also he's kind of like a virus now for real because he actually can corrupt people into copies of himself. Yeah, he's, he's the like virus. Because he's infecting the matrix and eventually he infects the matrix so badly that everybody becomes Smith. You know. Which you see in that in like part three, because in part three there's not really regular humans anymore. It's just Neo versus a fucking army of Siths or of Smiths. <laughs> of Siths, that would have been awesome too. <laughs> Let's get Keanu Reeves in Star Wars. <laughs> Let's hope that's what Ryan Johnson's Star Wars is: Keanu Reeves as a fucking Jedi, right? Or a Sith? Or Sith? Right. And that's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Am I right? Will we all watch that? Will we even care if that's tied into the originals? If they put Keanu in it, email us at beyondthehateofyahoo.com because y'all know my previous opinion. If you listen to our other shows, I'm like, they shouldn't do anymore. But if you got Keanu, I'm totally on board. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Keanu, uh, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, and Zoe Saldana, that would definitely be, yeah, that would be a, a ticket buy for me for sure. Nicki Minaj. And Nicki Minaj, yes. And Rihanna while we're at it. But anyway. No, no, no Rihanna, I can't do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I, I agree to disagree. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Rihanna, because she can't act. She uh, can't act. Uh, Nicki can act a little. Nicki can Rihanna act a can little act. bit, yeah. Because uh, anyway. she tried. We, we all seen Rihanna try. Right. Um, Let's get Oprah. Right. <laughs> What, so we can make a bomb like Wrinkle in Time? Oh. Holy <laughs> oh, shit. Well, let's get Chris Pine. Right. <laughs> let's get Chris Pine to do everything. Um, but And Hemsworth is... and Evans. Let's get all the Chris's, Pratt, 
also and just put them all in Star Wars. Right. That's my idea. Let's get all the Chris's, put them all in Star Wars. <laughs> it's called Chris Wars. Chris Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, all the Chris's are great. Let's get Pine, Pratt, uh, Hemsworth, and Evans. Yeah. Boom. Star Wars with... All the Chris's. <laughs> all the Chris's. And then Adam Devine. Anyway. <laughs> Adam Devine. He'd be the main character, obviously. Right. Obviously. <laughs> uh, but, uh... But back to talking about Smith. So right. I think uh, we're getting too distracted. Damn it! We're not this ADHD. Okay, uh, <laughs> but, uh, for yourself. <laughs> right. Um, but this whole idea that like now he's an enig- he's a renegade evil hippie bot on a soul search. Like that was like, you. You guys can't see this, but Steve started laughing as soon as I read that like the first time because he's just kind of like I can imagine Steve's head like it's like what the fuck. What is it with people obsessed with hippie stuff on this? That there's... Why do so many people hate hippies still? I, I don't understand. Yeah. They're like the most peaceful people. It's like, you know what? Fuck Buddhists. I'm going to kill all the... They need to be eradicated. Why are they so peaceful? They're too nice. Why do they love everybody? It's like everyone on INDB from like New York. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're all from Philly. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're all from Philly. Hey, hey, Gandhi. Go fuck yourself! <laughs> Go fuck all that pizza and all that shit you talk about. Yeah. Um, I mean, why do you think something like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia exists? Because people are just cynical assholes. But... Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, but, like, the idea that Agent Smith doesn't have any depth in this movie, it's like they think that just because he's, like, multiplied that he doesn't have any depth as just an individual character. If anything, he has more depth now because... One of the things that I thought was interesting was what did he say that he that he one of the things that he hated about humanity was that their incessant desire to multiply. Right. What does Agent Smith do in this movie? Multiply. He multiplies. He's becoming more human and he fucking hates it. And he doesn't know what that means. He's never known what that means. But he and Neo are like intrinsically linked now. So I think the fact that he can do some shit that he's never been able to do before and it does make him feel more human. He doesn't know how to deal with that. So he's... I think it's a sign. This is just me thinking. Uh, I think it's the machines becoming more human than the humans being machines. Because Smith's a representation of that. Right. And so eventually he just kind of ends up taking over stuff inside the Matrix. Because it's like the machines are getting an entirely different way of doing things. You know, but uh, I just and also like people talking about how the Oracle is like trivialized now. I don't think so. The Oracle did exactly what she was supposed to do in this movie, which was to give Neo some guidance on what he had to do next. It was like, okay, so I I basically followed essentially what you told me to do in the first movie. That I would. But it was to... like, how can I trust you because you're a program of a machine? Yeah. And she was like. Because some programs do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And other programs do what they need to do. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm not hiding in back doors because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Which is basically to make sure that the one gets to the source. Yeah. So she's a renegade program created by the machines that's hiding to help the humans. So not what this is is 
Drop some science on motherfucker, Steve. <laughs> well, it's not just science. It's, it's something that the Wachowskis dropped in there about basically American history. Not everyone was on the bad side. Some people are on the good side. Yep. Maybe they had to pretend to be on the bad side, but they were on the good side. Like, that's what the Oracle is, basically. She was someone that had the power to do something to help the humans, even though she was a creation of the machines. So she basically takes her knowledge, and she flees, and she helps the humans. And she was actually one of the, you know, the Oracle, she's one of the the people that first unplugged the humans. Uh, if you listen to Morpheus talk in the first one. Uh, so, you know, they can't unplug themselves. Yeah. Uh, so someone had to lead them there, and it was most likely the Oracle. Yeah. Um, That's why she's treated with such respect amongst everybody in Zion. Well... Amongst the regular people, the military doesn't really care because they a lot of them don't really give a shit about prophecies and you know and all this kind of stuff. But the oracle is very important because she is supposed to sort of. She's not a person. She is a program. Yeah, but she's a even Neo says like you're you're a program. How can I trust you? Yeah, and she's like, you know, basically she's like you can't. You can't necessarily, but (laughs) you have a path. You can take this path or you can take that path. It's yeah. always been up to you. Right. <laughs> and that's, I think, part of it is I think some people feel like if they're not paying attention, they feel like they've watered down the Oracle. But her role in this movie is exactly the same as it was in the first movie. It's very just not really vague, any different. Very uh, path-based. Like, he is the one, but he has to choose to be the one. Mm-hmm. You know, no one can choose it for him. No one can, you know, you have to decide if Morpheus lives or dies. And he's like, no, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't have to choose that. And he was right. And then she was, and he was like, well, you were wrong. And she's like, no, I wasn't. Yeah. I'm the one that told you he could die. And you saved him. Right. She's the one that made him the one. Because she gave him, like, the, she gave him this thing in his head where he thought that he had to choose. Realistically, if he was the one, he didn't have to choose. Right. He could save him. She did that on purpose. Um, because she knew if she was like, well, you don't have to choose between anything, you're the one. You know, see you later. He wouldn't have been the one. Right. But because she told him, like, you know, sorry, kid, you're not it. And he, and she was like, you know, so I can tell you the truth that you've known the whole time, that I'm not the one. Exactly. She was like, you're not the one, kid. And she does that on purpose because she's, like, trying to unlock his potential. Yeah, because she, was like, as, as as, she was like, he's going to die for you or whatever. And he's just, and Morpheus when, makes a choice to, to sacrifice himself so that you can get out. Yeah, and when as soon as he sees that, he's like, no. Yeah. You know, and it's like, he made his choice to save you, and he's like, I'm not the one. Yeah. He's like, I'm going back in there, and I'm saving him. Yeah. <laughs> but he also, he ends up saving Trinity in this movie, too. Yeah, he saves Trinity, he saves Morpheus, and he kills an Asian. That's right. what happens in the first movie. But he saves people in the second movie, too. Like, yeah. Because he saves Morpheus, he saves the Keymaker, <laughs> and he saves Trinity all in this movie. <laughs> so, he's Neo. I mean, this is, like, the hero. Like, I mean... And I don't say the hero of the movie when I say that. I say the hero. Like, he's like the ultimate hero. Right. 
And it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the Oracle kicking him in the ass and getting him in the right direction. Right. Telling him some stuff that he doesn't want to accept, and that's the reason he becomes the one. I mean, if you can't understand this, then you probably shouldn't watch movies. Right. And if you watch movies, you should watch, like, I don't know, maybe the Lego movie. Right. You might be able to understand that. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, Does it watch- have the intellectual... The complexity that Matrix does? No, maybe watch Shine because that won an Oscar, and it's just about a guy that like had like a stroke during a piano thing, and then he plays it again in a restaurant, and that won an Oscar. So you could probably watch that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, maybe Wild Cards, uh, Suicide Squad. Um. Splash? <laughs> no, not Splash. <laughs> <laughs> that's too complex for people. <laughs> no, that's a Tom Hanks movie. That's that's stepping overboard. <laughs> oh, maybe Overboard. Yeah, Overboard, yeah, which they brought back with Anna Ferris. Yeah, maybe watch that. Um, Anna Ferris is great. We love Anna Ferris. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, and then that other guy. Uh, he's, from, he's from somewhere. <laughs> he's uh, definitely from somewhere. I don't know who you're talking about. I only know about Anna Ferris in that movie. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so anyway, number seven. Uh, it says, however, I could still have bought into the film as science fiction if it stayed firmly in that genre. Unfortunately, it turned out into a standard will they or won't they uh, escape, breakthrough, rescue those in need of rescue, etc. To make matters worse, it turned out to be another martial arts exercise. The problem is that the science fiction and martial arts films are really two different types. And to the purist, uh, to the, the purists, the devotee of one or the other, mixing the two doesn't work. It is like mixing science fiction with romance. You can't have you can have one or the other, but not both in the same film, or at least not both in the same extent to the same extent in the same movie. If, if there were such problems with the Matrix, the Matrix Reloaded really compounded the problems. At least 30 minutes of film were either martial arts sequences or the protracted car chase. This observation ignores the question made in every professional negative review of the movie. If Neo could do the Superman thing, why does why, why bother to fight at all? Uh, the answer, of course, is that uh, what draws the young male demographic group into the theater. Then there's the redemption through love aspect. So where does that leave those who saw The Matrix Reloaded? Martial arts fans probably groaned through the trite. But arcane sci-fi, uh, sci-fi philosophizing. Uh, science fiction fans were wondering why they were sitting through a kung fu fest. Most of the males in the audience were probably bored by the silly romance aspect of the film. So, <laughs> I'm I'm over here doing math equations because I heard the sci-fi romance thing doesn't work and I was yeah thinking, and then you can't put kung fu in a sci-fi movie I was thinking sci-fi plus romance equals aliens sci-fi plus romance equals terminator um that was just the first couple what I did with like the few seconds that I was right. given but that makes no sense because some of the best sci-fi action movies have romance and some of them do have kung fu right um you know, and that's just, what's crazy to me is that you want all your movies to be the same. 
like the matrix does have a little bit more martial arts than sci-fi action movies usually have but isn't that a good thing isn't that why this movie um it's considered one of the greatest movies this trilogy is con- considered one of the greatest trilogies of all time uh something that we would actually show to aliens like this this is literally one of the things that the US government said that they would send out to space to show aliens right this is one of the uh, you know the prides of the film industry and uh you know, Terminator's one of those things. Aliens, obviously. Yeah. Um, but to say all movies need to be the same or look the same or have the same concept, that's that's just stupid. I mean, creativity is what separates humans from apes, basically. There's really nothing else. <laughs> I mean, there really isn't. I mean, they, they, they do a lot of things that humans do. But yeah. humans have a mind to create things and actually make it real. You know, monkeys don't have that ability. Yeah. And they also don't have opposable thumbs either. Yeah, and that's, that's what separates us. And um, The Matrix is one of the greatest movie franchises of all time. All time, no matter what your comments are, one of the greatest movie franchises of all time. But so do you think that one of the reasons why it's considered that is because it is a mix of different genres? Because it has martial arts in it, but it's not necessarily a martial arts movie. It's not it a martial sci-fi arts movie. in it, but it's not necessarily a sci-fi movie. It's you because you can't really put it into a very well-defined box. You know, and I think it that's feels, one of the reasons I like it because it is a blend of, of like a lot of different things. I mean, I think when they were making, it, they're like, "Oh, do you like this, 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 or this?" and or, or maybe only this. So come see us, and we need a lead lead character. You know, they wanted Johnny Depp. They considered Val Kilmer. Um, they got Keanu Reeves, which is, you know, kind of Americans' male sweetheart. At this point now, I mean, he's he's the guy that is one of the most recognizable people in Hollywood, and in the in this this day and age, especially like he was he was doing nothing but great things, and then you always had people that hate Keanu Reeves. Always, it's since the beginning of his acting. Yeah, but usually, whenever there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of jealousy, and yeah. that's probably the biggest thing with Keanu Reeves. You think some people are just jealous because not only is he an amazing actor, but he can also do his own martial arts and a lot of his own stunts. <laughs> and he's actually a good person and I think a lot of people are intimidated by that and they just want to bring him down a notch. Right. And he's not even he doesn't even have the ego. Like and that probably pisses a lot of people off too. Like damn, at least have an ego, you know, like like you the know, rock. Like, like the rock or something, and you know, kind of was like, you know, you're right. I might not be that, you know, good. Uh, you know, I try though, and they're like, well, fuck you, Keanu. Say something crazy. Right. Do something insane. Do something that we can bash you for in real life. And then he's helping people and sitting down talking to the homeless, having charities that have nothing to do with his name. Not, you know, the Brad Pitt 
rebuild organization. It's like some other organization that he had like family members and then friends uh, head that it was actually him heading. But he put it in like five people away from his name's name. Where you can't even, you literally can't even look it up on the internet. Because he put it so far away from him, even though it's his charity. Yeah. Because he didn't want credit for it, because he doesn't think that people should get credit for just being decent humans. And <laughs> people hate him. You know, it's like the movie Frailty. I mean, these fucking people have to be demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you think about the idea that you cannot put romance in a sci-fi movie and it makes sense like you like you drop the terminator in there mm-hmm. that entire story is about love the reason yeah, that that's Cal a romance Reese, story yeah the reason that cal reese goes back to try and save sarah from the terminator is because he loves her he's never met her he only knows of sarah from john connor and how he spoke about her and he has one picture of what she looks like mm-hmm. for reference, so he knows basically who he's looking for. And that's it. And he goes all the way across time to find Sarah to protect her uh, with only knowing just those few things because of just what he knows. That's a love story. That's a love story. And as you watch the Terminator, the first Terminator movie, and I probably feel I could probably do four hours about the Terminator just alone, which we might eventually do that. That's that probably going to be something done, but... Honestly, we probably have to do Terminator Genesis first. Probably, because that would have definitely more hate in it. But if I and find I enough hate for Terminator One and Two, we are doing both of those fucking movies for sure. No, it'd be a but, trilogy, and it wouldn't be one, two, and three. It'd be Terminator Genesis and one and two. Mm-hmm. But this idea that you cannot mix genres—it's just retarded. Because who? I mean. Do you think that, just to throw something random out there, do you think that 2001 A Space Odyssey would be any less of a masterpiece if Dave had to fight Hal in a fucking kung fu fight? No. No, I, I think, um, which I would have probably liked more. <laughs> the, yeah, actually because... that movie, that would have spiced up the ending where like Hal like, has like a robot body and fucking Dave has to like fucking fight him and shit. Because let, let's be honest, that would be 2001 cool. is this. It's a masterpiece. It's a very well-made movie. We're not shitting on 2001, because I do but love that movie. Also, it's very boring. It, it, it's it, a very it, boring it movie. It's pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> it's very it's very cerebral. The first, like, 30 minutes of this movie has no fucking dialogue. It's just apes. Though the monolith, or they're like, wah, 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 and stuff like that. And like I said, like, it's a masterpiece. It's, like, one of the great... It's what you show at film schools to be like, this is what you should be. This is how you make film. Just follow Stanley Kubrick's example. But having said that, like, rewatch value, like, 10%? Because you're just like, okay, I've seen it. And you're not really going to be on a Tuesday, but like, you know what I want to do? Make me, you know, lift my spirits. I want to watch 2001 Space Odyssey. (laughs) Now, if you had introduced a kung fu fight... Between Dave and Hal, the the AI. Yeah, be like, I want to watch the end of 2001 right? Space Odyssey <laughs> because I want to get pumped the fuck up. I want to see some badass shit happening. Hal almost wins. <laughs> but if you made this a purely intellectual movie, do you think you would have gotten a $150 million budget? No. 
No. You would have got a Stanley Kubrick-esque budget, which was kind of high for the time, but wouldn't have been as high as $150 million, even in modern times. No. But... They probably would have got $50 million if they didn't have all this... uh, Great effects, but that doesn't matter. I mean, the the movie was meant to be like what it is. Yeah. So that's what it is. So deal with it. Yeah. If you don't like to have, you know, it, it, this is the kind of person that's like, no, I want cornflakes only. Don't put bananas in my fucking cereal. Don't put bananas in there because they don't fucking belong in there. Don't put fruit in my cereal. It's these these kind of people that are, they they don't like to experiment. They don't like to try different shit. They like to go with exactly the plain Jane shit they've always used. I've got to brush my teeth. It's actually exactly 33 strokes. And I'm watching, you know, I'm watching uh, fucking West Wing. Every day. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, well, so then we be, get to. That would be horrible. That would be horrible. Because after you get past season three, like, you're just like fucking burn the show down like, it's over with uh, i haven't watched it so i've never watched know. it i was just fucking oh okay guessing. i thought maybe you knew what you were talking about but no, in reality i, made, Steve I, never made, watched I that made, shit. i made that shit up right <laughs> but just email me and tell me if i'm accurate because i feel like i am <laughs> after season three it probably went to shit it probably went to shit like i, I could almost guess that just based off the faces right uh so number eight Twins are pubescently extravagant disco pubescently, pubescently extravagant disco albino Casper the <laughs> Ghost punching bags. And this was probably the nicest version that I found of the hate for the ghost twins. Oh my god. The freeway chase scene is among the most drawn out sequences, leaves one addled, apathetic. The oh so popular cliche of the frog, aka Frenchman talking with his je ne sais quoi, if I actually said that right, I think I said that right. Je ne sais quoi. Uh, dumb accent, who wastes his fortune. Uh, dumb be- accent? That's actually a real accent. That's his actual accent. Uh, because so, of, you uh, racist. Because of uh, liaison d'amour, which uh, is, uh, if, if I understand French, that means like uh, an affair, basically. Like a quick affair, which is basically what he does with that. Yeah, he's cheating with that lady. Yeah, that he that he'd serve the chocolate cake. He's to. cheating on Monica Bellucci. Yeah, that's so retarded. So, so who uh, would fuck would do that? <laughs> following this, uh, this and unwanted funny uh, is the fight. Well, that's really badly worded. Following this, uh, also unwanted f- uh, funny scene is the fight between Neo and the sinister followers of the Frog, since it takes place in an Errol Flynn like. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Trier, I'm not exactly sure. They try to use a lot of French words in this. I think they're not even spelling the French words right. Though. I looked that up. I actually copied that and I put that into Google, and Google was like, "That's not a word." That's not a word. There's a word that's kind of like it that's spelled with an A. But anyway, I think what they meant to say, Flynn like style, maybe. Luckily, featuring a lot of medieval weapons for decoration. For Neo posing with the uh, Hellebard. Just add two stairs and a lot of statues for being destructed. Thrown over evil guys and the like, and you get five more senseless, boring minutes of this junk. So, people in the comments, when I was going through there, fucking hate the Ghost Twins. And I was like, I don't, me and Steve, I remember we, we watched this shit in the theaters, because we watched this movie 
And oh yeah, like the ending of this movie, we're like, what the fuck? Why do you end it right there? But when we saw the ghost twins, we both were like, the fucking ghost twins are badass. Yeah, we're those like, dudes those, are no those bullshit. Those guys are fucking awesome because they can fucking disappear and they can reappear, and like that kind of shit. They can just uh, they can they can become corporeal, and you can just pa- like they can just pass through objects and then like yeah, they they're just... actually based kind of off jellyfish. Is that why they have like the dreadlock yeah. tentacle type things? Uh, I thought they it? kind of were like an allusion to the squiddies or the sentinels, because of the dreads and the squiddies have arms. That or... actually makes more sense, but no, that's not what they based them off from. But what you just said probably would, but yeah, that's actually makes more sense. But that I think that that's they were just kind of like hunters, like the sentinels. That's what I thought. I thought maybe they were like an alternate version of the sentinels that always trek them in real life because they have squid-like tentacle arms. Yeah. And these guys have, like, whenever they become ghost form, they have kind of, like, squid-like tentacle things that pop out of their head. I think you thought about this more than they did. Right. They basically said that they are based off jellyfish. Oh, okay. But what you just said actually makes more sense. Maybe. <laughs> so we'll go with what John said, and we will give that to the Chowskis. Yeah. So... If you guys ever want to re-release this movie with John's ideas. Yeah, that's a present. We'll come on, do audio commentary. Yeah, we'll do an audio commentary track for you guys. We give no fuck about that. But the the thing about the Ghost Twins, I think, is that a lot of people thought that either they looked stupid or something because they were like two white guys they don't with look like stupid. blonde dreadlocks. And I'm like, no, they look awesome. They, they look like killer versions of Drexel Spivey. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yo, 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 Zay... I'm you, or I'm me, which I am, and you're you. And then you blow them and then you know, shoot them. Blow right. Blow their fucking chest out of there. You know. Right. <laughs> but, That's uh, how that happened. You know, he right. shot Samuel Jackson, like, right off the bat. Right. But, uh, I, for some reason, they just thought that, like, the ghost twins were, like, punching bags, and it's like, they're not. They're really fucking dangerous in this movie. Yeah, they're very hard to fight. Yeah. Um... The because only person that could fight him was Neo. Anybody else would, like, die instantly. Basically. Yeah. But who actually kills him? Who actually kills him? Morpheus. Morpheus kills him. Yeah. Of course he does. Because, because he has the katana, and as soon as they drive in with the SUV trying to run him over, he slashes the gas tank with the katana, and as it flips over, he pulls out his machine pistol and just blows the gas tank up and destroys, like, both of them. Because Morpheus is a badass. Yeah, because Morpheus is fucking amazing. But... A Morpheus. lot of Morpheus. Morpheus. No. You know, uh, I think if they made a prequel to you know, the Matrix and had somebody play Morpheus, I think it'd probably be common. Common? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know who you could get to be like a young version. It couldn't be Donald Glover because he's just you know, childish Gambino is just this way too small. I guess so. Because, uh, how tall is Lawrence Fishburne? He's like six one. Our Will Smith could just do it. Yeah, he would be a really good, like, young Morpheus. Will Smith still looks young as shit. Like, he really does. Yeah. Because Will Smith still looks like he's about 24, which mm-hmm. is insane. So, um, but... He's got that immortality like Keanu. Yeah. Now the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, now, the, the Merovingian, 
when people say that he's like this dumb French guy and he talks in like a funny accent and stuff like that, it's like he actually is speaking like real French words in this movie. Yeah, he is actually French. That is an actual. That is an. That's an actual language that exists. So it's not stupid. It's yeah. not meant to be a caricature. They just they wanted to have somebody. They wanted the Merovingian to have like this element that he's kind of an exotic thing, because yeah. he says that he knows like every language, but he chooses French, because he says that you know when when he when he swears or he cusses in French, it's like wiping your ass with silk. He loves it. You yeah, know? like you you know you Americans think that French is stupid, but it's not. It's one of the I mean because it's one of the Romance languages, right? It's like French, Italian, and what Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, Spanish is like the three romance languages. Because we all know that German is not. German but, is the hate language. Right. <laughs> Even if they're saying you, they love you, it sounds like they're about to murder you. Du. Du hast. Du, du hast, hast mich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that was, that was clearly Taylor Swift. Right. Yeah, I mean, right <laughs> after, you know... Or was that Miley Cyrus? No, it was Taylor. It, it was, was Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, right? that's right. It's Taylor Swift. I have to go back and watch the video again. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could you could you could you guys imagine just just since we're on this topic for a, for a split second? <laughs> I started some shit. Could now. you could you imagine Taylor Swift doing covers of Rammstein songs? <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. Do it, Taylor. Yeah. Show us your true talent. Show us what you can really do instead of this poppy garbage that anybody can do. Do some Rammstein. Talking it. about breaking up with Jake Gyllenhaal. Fuck that guy, he sucks. <laughs> oh, man. Date Chris Pratt and then make a song about him, which would probably be like, I'm fucking awesome because I told Chris Pratt. The song wouldn't be that good if she ever dated Chris Pratt because she'd probably just be like, only have good things to say. Right. He's actually a pretty good guy. I don't what really the have fuck anything... was Adam Ferris doing? <laughs> right, I don't really have anything... Uh... I don't have anything bad to say about him. <laughs> so is there going to write a song about him? No, I'm good. <laughs> no, uh, unless no it's a positive write. song. Right. I, I don't do that, though. I don't do that. <laughs> right. But, uh, so, the uh, the uh, the whole point that they're making, that like it's kind of like an Errol Flynn sequence when he's fighting the vampires, uh, which, because a lot of people probably don't get that, but that's exactly what the fuck the Merovingians guys are. They're... They're vampires. I mean, yeah. the movie that they're fucking watching on the TV is this vampire movie. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like Dracula coming at them, you know? Right. But that was one of the things that the Oracle said was that there's programs inside the Matrix that are needing to be deleted and they end up kind of going into like exile. And what does she say that those are? Like vampires, werewolves, demons, witches, stuff like that. And in this movie, we see two ghosts... We see vampires, and, I don't know, would you, do we see a werewolf, or something that could be considered a werewolf? Maybe Smith. Smith, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but they they have elements like that, because I put that together as soon as I saw that he was surrounded by these, these guys that are, like, rogue programs, because that's essentially what the ghost twins are. They're, like, they're kind of like a, I don't know exactly what the ghost twins are supposed to be, necessarily, but they're kind of like the Merovingians, like, top, like, goons. Like, they're the top, like, assassins that work for him. And, uh... Those were real twins. They, are they actual twins? Okay, mm -hmm. I was I was gonna ask that question. Like, they just find two guys that just look really similar? No, they're actual twins. They're actual twins? Okay, that would make sense. 
But all, one of the things that I thought when I watched the Ghost Twins, it was I was like, are they supposed to be Gemini? Because, you know, Gemini's the twins. Are they supposed Did to they be Did they have different personalities? Uh, no, they're kind they're of the same. They're not Gemini's then. Okay. Because you know us Gemini's. <laughs> Steve's a Gemini. That's uh, kind of why I dropped it in there, because that was a little softball for him to talk about his, uh, his star sign. We invented the bipolar disorder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, are, are you bragging about that? <laughs> yes. Because we can be super nice, but then we can also be very, very nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not the truth. No, they can be nice or they can be assholes. Yeah, so. that's that's true. And, uh, you know, I have a wife that's a Gemini and I have a sister-in-law that's a Gemini. No kids that are Gemini, so hopefully, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm a Leo, so. My mom was Leo. So. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's weird because, like, two people that Steve, you know, knew. And they're most. just pure, pure dicks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're just, we're just, we're the kings, baby. Or your mom, in her case, she'd be the queen, because she's like a lioness. Yeah. If you ever met Steve's mom, since we're kind of doing, this is beyond Mother's Day, but we're still kind of talking about Mother's Day, his mom was definitely a lioness. Yeah, she ruled, like, she ruled the house. Yeah, she definitely ruled the house. Uh, more so than Steve's dad, who is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> when we get to Father's Day, our Father's Day episode is going to be fun, because it's going to be a giant fuck you to both of our dads. Yeah, but I'm a dad, <laughs> and my brother's dad, so there will also be some props. Right. Uh, I don't have any kids, because I don't have the patience for it. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, it'll kind of be an uncle's day, because he is a good uncle. Yeah, I guess so. We'll, we'll say that, yeah. Yeah, he, he's um, a good uncle. Uh, so let's talk about the architect. Let's talk about him, who should have been Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery. Oh, man, Sean would have been this. The, the guy who plays the architect is really good, but... Sean Connery would have fucking Sean been Connery like would have nailed the fuck out of that man. He, I, I, I hate that late in the career he's like, I don't understand anything. Uh, basically, that's <laughs> actually how he was at the end of the career. He's like, I don't understand the Lord of the Rings. Is like, come on, Sean. You don't have to. Just go out there and act, damn it. But uh, let's be honest. Ian McKellen's better pick for Gandalf. Um, but yeah. at the architect, I mean, Sean Connery obviously would have been like the greatest person ever for that character. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to Sean Connery talking to fucking Keanu Reeves. Right. I would have listened to that for like two hours. Like that could have been the whole fucking movie. Right. And I would have been like a fucking great movie. But, uh, so uh, number nine uh, it, it, since we're talking about the architect, it says, remember everything I said was bad about the Oracle and the foreign guy? Add them together and no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Oracle and the foreign guy? Yeah, he's, they're talking about the Merovingian, but, yeah. That's pretty racist. Yeah, that's pretty racist. Add them together and double it, and that's how truly appalling the architect is. The only reasonable potential of him is he's about to set up the cliff, cliff-hanging climax. And then he, and then he blows it. Let's look at the option he gives Neo. Choose one door and all humanity dies except 27 people. Choose the other and all humanity dies. Considering choice is something this film tries to explore, it really doesn't give its hero one. If he had a choice of uh, save humanity and the missus dies, or save the missus and kill humanity, there's the potential for inner torment and tension. Also, with Trinity being mid-fall, the potential of a real cliffhanger that... Uh, would have made seem would have made seeing the third more essential, but no, he he has to save no one or save the misses. 
Which I think it's kind of funny because they're they're assuming that they're married. Which I guess, I guess they'd be kind of like Zion married, I guess, because they've been together for a while, and they don't really intend on seeing any. You only see Neo be like, oh, you know, Trinity. I really, I kind of want to see other people. Like what? I mean, like Link's wife is kind of hot. Like she. <laughs> yeah, we want to kind of bang out. You can bang Link. You know, yeah, whatever. you can bang Link. We'll 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 swing, man. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll swing it out. This yeah. is Zion, free spirits. You yeah, know, free spirit. We're all hippies, you know. Free love. Let's fuck all fuck each other. Yeah, rock and roll, <laughs> rock and roll, baby. Rock and roll, <laughs> rock and roll, and drugs and everything. No, um, but. The, I don't. I don't think Keanu would have took this role if he would have like read that in the script. He's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'd be like, so <laughs> Neo just says like, you know, he's not gonna be with Trinity anymore. He's gonna fuck Link's wife, Z. I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing this. It's like nothing against her because she's amazingly gorgeous and she's an she's an incredible this actress. This isn't who Neo is. But Neo Neo wouldn't do this. He wouldn't betray Trinity like that. I, I'm I'm not. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> you know he would you, be. You can get. You can basically get, like, anyone else. You know, I mean, fucking, what, what, what was that, 2003? Yeah. You know, Tom Cruise will do it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, but this whole idea that, like, when he gets to the architect, and the architect tells him, like, okay, there's already been six versions of you, right? There's been a one in each generation, and they don't necessarily count each build of the matrix generally but they do know how many ones they've had and so each generation has its own one he starts breaking down how this shit really goes down where it's like right. they build a version of the matrix and the verse the first version of the matrix was so perfect that people automatically rejected it because it was just too good and they knew something was wrong about it so they rebuilt it they burned it all down they rebuilt it and they've kept trying to continuously make new versions of the matrix whenever they feel like they can rebuild it and make it better they do that but every time they do there's always something fucked up in the math and something like neo happens where you have a one built inside the matrix every single time that this choice has been given to previous ones they have taken the deal they've taken it where it's like okay on the one hand you can basically say, fuck everything in Zion, I'm going to go save Trinity. Or you can go in the other door, and basically you're going to take several some people from Zion, a certain number of people, and you're going to repopulate humanity with these people, and we're going to start over again, and we're just going to build a new version of the Matrix. Neo basically gives him a giant middle finger, much in the same way he did in the first movie when Smith told him what to do. And it's like, how about you go... Fuck yourself. Yeah. And give me my phone call. Right. And uh, there's actually a very interesting fact about when the architect's talking to him, you can see on the screen his response. Right. He's going like, fuck you. Bullshit. Bullshit. Fuck you, you white piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, fuck you. Uh, I'm not doing this. I'm not a part of your system. I threw it on the ground. No, right. That's not, that, he doesn't say that. That one wasn't uh, added. That was in that was in the Lonely Island cut. Yeah, that was yeah. on the Lonely Island cut. That's Andy Sandberg's version. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what is it's basically saying, like Neo, this Neo, the actual Neo, the actual the one, like everything before him, was a failed version of the one. This he's just like you know what fuck you I'm not choosing between this and this I'm gonna save it all and right. then I'm gonna destroy you yeah 
And the thing that the architect feels is that he's like, the, the thing that's different about Neo is that on the previous versions of the one, they just decided that it was better for the greater good to go ahead and take the deal and rebuild Zion so they would get another opportunity. Because Neo is in love with Trinity, that overrides his sense of uh, saving humanity. Because he's basically like, well, no, I'm going to save Trin, and then I'm going to save Zion, and fuck this entire system. That's yeah. what makes him the one, because he rebels against that system. And even the architect is basically like, you, this, this, nobody has ever taken the other decision. And because these movies are about choice... This is Neo making a choice, much in the same way that he was already out of the Matrix in the first movie, and they're like, going back in and trying to save Morpheus is suicide. And what does he basically think? No, fuck it. I'm going to go back in and save Morpheus. He's like, no, I'm not the one. He's not going to die for nothing. I'm going to go in and save his ass yeah. because he doesn't deserve to die. Right. Because they're all everyone else is telling him to let him die in that, that movie, and he's like, no. Yeah. He's dying for nothing. I'm not the one. And then he becomes the one. By saving Morpheus. Because of the decisions that he makes. And then, then and this is the same philosophy. They're like, um, you know, you, you have to save Trinity or you have to save the people of Zion. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't have to make a choice. I'll go save Trinity. I'll save Zion. And then you can go fuck yourself. Right. You can sit on, you can sit and spin. And that's exactly what he does. Yeah. And so a lot of people felt like the whole dialogue with the architect it's just really boring and it kind of slows shit down at a point in the movie when they don't feel like it should slow down. But this is the second act of a three-act play. It has to end on a bit of a cliffhanger. But he does save Trinity because he catches her right before she hits the car. <laughs> the agent actually hits the car and fucking dies immediately. <laughs> but he grabs Trinity and saves her and then proceeds to, like... I mean, he like he like touches her fucking soul because he's like in her fucking body. Yeah. He like enters her matrix. And we code. would like to all be in Carrie Ann Moss. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't we all like to touch Carrie Ann Moss's soul? Watch um, Jessica Jones. Right. <laughs> uh, so he just reaches into like her matrix code basically and just pulls the fucking bullet out and just just throws it out of her body so that it's no longer lodged in her. He's like, well, that's bullshit. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah, you're gonna fucking live. You're gonna, you're gonna, and he actually squeezes her heart to jumpstart her heart. Yeah, you know, and so it, it to a degree, it's it's him definitely paying her back for bringing him to life in the first movie. He's bigger than Jesus. Yeah, we're bigger than Jesus. Oh, um, that was controversial. Wasn't yeah. It? Oh shit. Um, but uh, <laughs> did Jesus ever fight eighty Agent Smiths? No. Yeah. So I'm I mean, waiting. Or did he? Is Jesus Keanu Reeves? Maybe. Fuck. <laughs> Mind twist. Mind blown. Uh, but they could have just been writing the Bible the whole time. But it's just, yeah. <laughs> I think that a lot of times what happens in these movies is I think you know, people, when they get to something like The Architect, their fucking brain shuts down. And they don't know how to do stuff. They don't know how to think anymore. And it's like, if you pay attention, it's pretty clear what's going on. Is it a w weird section of the movie? Yeah, but you're getting a lot of explanations about some shit you didn't know already, you know? Uh, okay, so, how many comments do we have left? Uh, we have two, basically, yeah. We have two. Yeah. Which one's the most interesting of the two? Uh, well, since we did talk about the climax a little bit, I guess number ten 
is not super needed. I guess... Hold on, no, no, no. We're going to read ten. But you're going to read ten to the Master of Puppets. Go! Um, okay. Um, so... Okay, I'll just I'll just read it straight up with the Metallica going on. Go. Okay, the final climax of the movie is quite possibly the worst imaginable. <laughs> That's what's hard. I'm not gonna do that. They, <laughs> so basically, I'm just gonna sum it up. So they have three crews, and they're wondering why if there's three crews, why is it that it takes three crews to do some shit that Trinity can do in five minutes? <laughs> Steve is like fucking red as fuck right now. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> it's like speed round. <laughs> okay, so I mean, Trinity's like the most badass, like fighter in the, all of it. But also, they did a lot of their work. Like that one crew did a lot of work before they were killed off by Bane. Right. Right? Not, you know, not Batman's Bane, the, the Matrix Bane. No, the Bane. Bane Bane. Yeah, the Matrix Bane. And so when she gets there, she only has to finish what they started. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be feasible that they did the majority of the work already for the power grid, and then all she's trying to do is just finish what they were doing. That's why it doesn't take her that long, <laughs> but she gets trapped with agents and has to shoot her way out. Right. So we basically explained that whole thing in like two minutes two minutes and they wrote an entire paragraph about that shit yeah so that's why i was like this is master of puppets time right speed round which was uh, hilarious i couldn't even hardly get through that <laughs> uh it would have been funny if i'd actually would have read the whole thing without stopping it's just song. too hilarious. We'll try it another yeah. time, right? To see if we can I do a segment to... through Master of Puppets like that without laughing. If and I stopping. could, if I could actually get through the an entire paragraph like that during Master of Puppets without breaking, then we have to take shots. I will bring alcohol to do shots with. Okay, so that that's going to be a thing from here on At out. At some then. point, if we're able to actually do that without breaking, and I can get through the entire paragraph, we will take shots. Okay, uh, that's a rule. You guys heard John. Right. That is a rule. <laughs> so, we'll get to number 11. So, this since we, we pretty much covered the whole movie, the actual plot and the story and everything. So 11! 11. Um, and I didn't necessarily do 11 on purpose. It just kind of ended up that way. Stranger Things 11. But since we're talking about, you know, the one... And this is the second movie, it kind of makes sense, I guess. You know? Illuminati confirmed. Um... So, it says, uh, Reloaded is an entirely different film from The Matrix. It reeks of a sellout, of boardrooms filled with brainstorming marketing scammers, of a colossal ripoff that seems to have forgotten what Generation X liked most about The Matrix, its atmospheric flair. In The Matrix, we're taking on a postmodern coming-of-age journey with Neo. And reloaded, it's not Neo, but CGI that's the focus of the film. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so back to our, the old chestnut of CGI. But people who thought, like, oh, this is just a marketing machine, and it's just a, another, you know, soulless sellout. It's just a cash grab. They're just trying to, you know, jump on the popularity of the first movie. Yeah, you're fucking right it is. Because you know how Hollywood works? When something makes money... You make another one so you can make, mm, I don't know, more fucking money. <laughs> yeah, it's a business. You know, you don't want to run a business. I'm pretty sure 
while you're sitting in your mom's basement and she's paying your bills, you can say stuff like this. Mom! Like, meatloaf! Meatloaf? What, where's, she, where's she at? Yeah. Like, where's the meatloaf, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> Mom, pizza rolls! Yeah. Pizza rolls now! Let's yeah. go to a funeral and pick up some chicks! Right. Uh, <laughs> um, if you don't know where that movie's from, you know, sit in your basement. Uh, but right. uh, That's fucking Wedding Crashers. <laughs> If you don't know what the fuck that movie is, you're horrible. But anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> that could be its own segment. It's, uh, its own segments. Steven says, what the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, I, seriously, what what's wrong with you? I mean, a lot of these things are... To get you thinking, to get you enjoy or hate or get angry, sad. I mean, movies are about feeling something while you're watching them. Right. They're not about like, oh yeah, I watched it. Well, it was shit, and uh, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I. <laughs> that was the best. Oh god, that was. I can just imagine being like, it was shit. <laughs> It was shit. I hated it because, you know, that one scene where, you know, the guy, um, the guy doesn't, like, hit him where he swings. It looked a little too slow, so bullshit movie. Yeah. You know, um, bullshit fake. You know, it's Bruce Lee's garbage. Uh, (laughs) Uh, eventually I'm going to look up and see if there's hate on Enter the Dragon. If there is, we are fucking doing that movie. Yeah, I'd be like, um, but just just stuff like that is, you can you can almost see that in every movie. It's like in Avengers movies, like, well, Ultron didn't destroy the planet, so it wasn't like it was in the comic books. It's like, well, I mean, this is movie form. Yeah. So they're not gonna like destroy the planet like every movie, and then eventually win. They're not gonna do that every movie. Right. I mean, because it's like, okay, like, almost every villain in the Marvel Universe at one point probably has destroyed the planet at some level. They're not going to make every movie about that. Uh-uh. Because that is fucking tragic. But the thing that, I think, the, the kind of the whole point uh, of, of people saying that it's this, like, soulless cash grab, we don't complain when they make five million toys about the Avengers, right? And you see the Avengers on... Like, we were at the grocery store earlier, and there was, like, literally a bouncy ball that you would, like, play games with your kids and had the fucking Avengers on it. We almost got it. Yeah, I was close to buying that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And there was also a really cool Spider-Man one. Yeah, I almost um, bought it. But it did have Andrew Garfield, so hashtag not my Spider-Man. Not my Uh, (laughs) Spider-Man. We would have still got it. Right. Um, (laughs) But... The, the but the thing is is that like when it comes to like the Avengers, people are okay with like uh, Funko bobbleheads, you know, like the, the pop the pop vinyls, yeah, which I we have. Oh, Dameron's. Yeah, we have. I have several in my house. I have like Funko pop vinyls. You know, they're like the little bobblehead. You know, they're figures. the best. Buy Funko pop vinyls. Right. This this episode is brought to you by Funko pop. No, we wished. Uh, 
Oh man, if that you guys would be somebody that would actually advertise. Yeah, because we, we buy them shits for real. So if uh, Funko ever is like, hey, we'll give you guys free bobbleheads if you talk about a movie and we have bobbleheads for done. it. Done. Like, fucking done, son. Done. Yeah. Done. We because we we've made it pretty obviously that we're never going to be advertised by like Blue Apron or anything like Dollar the podcast. Club. Yeah, we're not going to be advertised by that because we'd just be like, you know what, this is, this is just cash grab. I don't even right. like me undies. Yeah, me undies is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not talking shit about me undies. I we just, are. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Uh, but, I'm just kidding. But e- everybody kidding. wants to talk about like the commercialization of stuff, right? That like this is just a cash grab. But when it comes to the Avengers, we buy all the toys. You know, people mm-hmm. go crazy for the toys. Star Wars, people fucking go crazy for the toys. They actually released the toys. Wait, Star Wars is still around? Uh, yeah, it is. Oh um, shit! So, <laughs> who would have thought, right? Uh, yeah, that's still a thing. I thought go see Solo. Ca- I May thought twenty fifth. No, I thought they. I thought they canceled Star Wars. <laughs> no, no, it's still going. Um, you're thinking of Designated Survivor. They did cancel that. They did cancel that. Mm. Yeah, which apparently now Netflix is going to pick it up. But anyway, which but, might be better. Are they going to make M- Michael J. Fox the main character? I, I don't know. Uh, but it's anyway. Kiefer Sutherland. You can't cancel a Kiefer Sutherland show if you have any common sense. Right. But uh, but Star Wars does an entire day devoted to just releasing their toys for a new movie, right? Because you'll, you'll have, like, uh, what is it called, like, Force Friday, where they release all the new toys. And, like, when Last Jedi came out, they were like, oh, my God, we got all the new toys. We got all the new bobbleheads. We got, you know, we got Finn, we got Rey, we got Poe, we got Kylo. All the new bobbleheads are out. And we've got all the new ships, you know, and stuff like that. You can go out and buy the Lego version of Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter, which is badass, by the way. Yes. Uh, so everybody makes that shit. The Matrix, they make a few video games, and they make you know some toys and Good stuff like that. Games. And then people were like, nah, it's just shit, it's just a corporate cash grab. You know, they lost their soul. It's like, the Wachowskis are like, whatever, if you guys want to make toys based on our stuff, or you guys want to make video games, they were actually involved in the video game because they wrote the script to enter the Matrix. Yes. They actually wrote the script for Enter the Matrix, the game that they made for It RTX actually Fox. ties into the actual Matrix movies. Right, because it, it runs at the same time that like Reloaded happens, right? Yes. So they actually wrote the script for that and gave it to them and like, hey, if you guys want to make the video game, we'll write the story for you. Yeah, you here it is. That. And so, but people shit on that so much. It talked about how commercial this movie was and it didn't have the heart or the soul that the first movie did. The first movie came out of nowhere. By the time you get to the second movie, everybody knows what the fucking Matrix is. Right. So, of course, they're, you know, Warner Brothers is going to merchandise the fuck out of it. That's how the world works. The Hollywood is based on consumerism, it's capitalism, and if they have something that can make fucking money, they'll make shit, they'll put a logo on it, and they'll fucking ship it out and sell it. Because and- they know that it's a property that will make money. And if you want to see sequels to things, go watch it. Go buy it. Go do whatever you want to do. I mean, Scarface doesn't deserve a remake because it didn't make anything in the box office. But it was fucking epic. Yeah. But they're doing it anyway. Because it was epic. Now, it'll probably make, you know, a couple hundred million in the box office and be disappointing. Even though they have an amazing actor, I just cannot see that being remade. 
I'm not not entirely sure how this relates, but <laughs> you just want to go on a tangent about I, I, it. was in my head because <laughs> he I'm just like, had to get that out, man. Diego Luna and Scarface. That does not seem Al Pacino like. I um, love Diego Luna, but but uh, okay, maybe I think I know what you were trying to say. Is that like sometimes they they try to go for a cash grab for something that might not be a cash grab. That's exactly what I was trying okay, to say. Okay, I wasn't sure where the fuck you were going with that. I think these people knew what I was trying to say, and if you didn't know what I was trying to say, <laughs> let's take a vote on this. Were you with John on this, or were you on me? <laughs> Message me at beyondthehateryahoo.com, and let's take a vote, because I want to be on you. <laughs> Um, I don't think, uh, you didn't say that right, but anyway, <laughs> I want to be on you. No, no, oh yeah, you're right, I didn't, I, I want to be on you. Right. No, that... no, you got it, yeah, you're good. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but to, to wrap up Matrix Reloaded, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that the, the problem that I think people had with this movie is that everybody had so much expectations about what the second movie would be, and it would just add all this extra mythology, and then they gave them a lot of extra mythology and a lot of extra story, and they fucking rejected it. And I think the point that the Wachowskis are trying to make is that, like, look, it's not... And this shit was happening before we got to stuff like Star Wars. Because why didn't people like Star Wars Last Jedi? We did, like, three hours on that fucking movie. Yes. But why didn't people like it? Because it wasn't what they expected. Right. This it wasn't... is 2003, and there's movies coming out that they're not expecting. Yeah, it wasn't exactly how they predicted. They wanted Snoke to be someone. They wanted Rey to be someone. They wanted everyone to be related to somebody else, and then they weren't. And they're like, fuck this movie. Right. And it's like, we had the exact opposite reaction like it's like oh raise nobody cool whatever cool it wasn't uh, predictable it's like snow's dead sweet Kylo's better anyway um we, we were tired of like even thinking about snow we, yeah we I really were like if he died we're like cool whatever uh, we don't give a fuck about snoke anyway we've barely ever seen him do you, you remember know, back in if the day, huts would have got killed in this episode i would have like explain yourself Right. But he didn't. He's, yeah. He's, to me, he's still one of the main villains. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's Ginger Hitler. Yeah, he is Ginger Hitler. He could actually <laughs> still, in the next movie, be the main villain. Right. He could screw over Kylo in the First Order and t- take over the evil role. Maybe. You know, if they wanted to switch Kylo back to the light side, which I, I feel like he's maybe unredeemable at this point. But, I mean, it's Adam Driver. He can pull up a lot and... Uh, quite a few minutes right so that, but, that that's the versatility of getting somebody like Kylo. but this isn't about star wars we no no, no. We, we'd spent like three hours talking about last jedi but the thing that i think about this is that when the second matrix was about to come out when reload was about to come out do you remember us just sitting there thinking about like theories constantly about like you know well what's zion actually like and you know, like that kind of stuff. No, we, I, I think we we didn't. were just like, oh, Matrix has come out. Let's go see it. Yeah, let's go see it because I want to, I want to find out more about how the fuck all this stuff works. I want to see Zion. I want to know what the fuck they're fighting for. You know, I want to see more about the machines. I want to learn more about how the Matrix works. And you get all that in this movie. It and you're still not happy. It literally wasn't, maybe, probably years after this movie, we, we seen the entire trilogy in theaters. That people are like, oh, well, this does, you know, fuck this movie because this sucks now and stuff. And we're like, what? 
I remember somebody talking to me about like, yeah, you know, Reloaded was like pretty was like okay because it had some good you know action stuff, but Revolutions was just totally shit. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what? And then I found out that a lot of people hate Revolutions. So part three will probably have the most hate of of any of them because Reloaded gets a good bit of hate. I found a lot of shit. Yeah, because... Revolutions will probably have more. Yeah, I mean, we were literally... Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff were like, wait, what? You didn't, you didn't like the Matrix movies? Like, because... W- even when we were going to... Uh, like, the prequels, like, when we were going to high school and stuff like that, um, all those came out pretty back-to-back-to-back. To back to back, and we always remember everyone loving them. Yeah. Like, in the media and everything. Like, we remember that. And it wasn't until we got older with it and everyone was like, the prequels are shit. And I was like, everyone hated them. And I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Right. Everyone loved those motherfucking things. I mean, we loved them. What are you talking about people hated them? And it wasn't until then, like, the social justice warriors just emerged out of the ground like some fucking mosquitoes. Uh, and it was like, wait, what? No, that that's not what happened whenever we were coming up. People loved them. Like, but they did the same thing to The Matrix that they did to Star Wars, and they just shot the fuck out of that movie to try to get people to, to hate it. They just shot holes all over it. And I, I think the problem is is that for a lot of people, whenever they look at these trilogies, they have this idea that... It, there's got to be bad parts of a trilogy. Right. You know? Because, like, when you see people talking about, like, the original trilogy of Star Wars, a lot of people say that they hate Return of the Jedi. Why? Because of some Ewoks? That's it? They're at the end. But what the fuck? The Ewoks are, like... They do, like, a couple things. But that's the thing. It's like, you know, people are nitpicking the shit out of the Matrix Reloaded... Like, oh, I don't like the Merovingian because that guy's like so far up his ass he can see his, you know, he can see his own intestines. He's not. You're not supposed to like him. You're not supposed to like him. He's kind of a piece of shit. I mean, <laughs> he basically has the keymaker like pretty much like enslaved in his own place. You're supposed to, you you do realize in movies you're supposed to like certain people and you're supposed to hate certain people. You're not supposed to like everybody. I I feel like that's something that I should not have to explain. Not every character is going to be awesome. Some people are just pieces of shit. That's how the real world is. Yeah. Sometimes characters are going to be pieces of shit. Exactly. But, so, to, to kind of wrap up here, I guess, Reloaded, I think, got a lot of hate that it, it didn't deserve. Yes. But, when you get to Revolutions, it definitely got hate, and people, from what I've heard from people talking about how, hey, eventually we're going to cover the Matrix, and people were like, oh, I fucking hate how Revolutions ended. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that stuff when we get to Revolution. So that'll be the next episode. Next week, we'll cover part three. We'll finish the Matrix trilogy, and then you guys will have an overview of the entire thing, much in the same way we did the prequels. Because you really can't judge the Matrix unless you watch all three of them. If you watch them in like a vacuum and don't have the whole story, the whole thing doesn't necessarily make sense. But as a trilogy, it is fucking very well written, and to us. The Matrix is almost a trilogy that's on the epic level like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, stuff like that. Right. And so I have eaten an eagle egg, so we're about to get down to the needy greedy. <laughs> so this has been Beyond the Hate. I'm Steve. I'm John. Peace. <laughs>